Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Jungle, we're here, we're live, we're in Miami. We do have the one and only Dan Jungleman Cates, the all-time biggest online poker cash game winner. Dan, how's it going? Uh, online, right? So, online, uh, online yeah, winner. Okay. Yeah, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Good. Happy to be here in Miami. Very, very, it's a, a very nice... Uh, um, would you, would you call it like a condo? Office. Office condo. Yeah, office. Yeah, it's in, it's in a condo-like feeling. But so tell us, Miami, how, how many times you've been to Miami? Is this one of the first? Have you, is this a yearly thing? Like, what brought you to Miami? Give me a little, well, give me a little bit. Well, I wanted, uh, I wanted to check out Miami and I wanted to hang out with you a little bit. Uh, the legendary uh, PB, PBF. PBF, we'll take <laughs> it, man. We're here, we're in the flesh. Literally uh, an honor for you to be here. I This might be the easiest podcast I'll ever do because... I put out a question list yesterday, similar to Rob Young, so many questions. So we, we could literally spend hours answering the questions alone that people have asked, but I got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, you know, obviously those that don't know you, you, you are a high stakes cash game player. You also have a, a solid tournament resume for not playing many tournaments, over 6 million in live earnings. But would you say, how would you say your breakdown is versus cash games to tournament? I mean, you're probably what, 95 plus or 90 something percent cash game. Uh, maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, no, actually, maybe like ninety ten or something. Like ninety percent cash games and like ten percent tournament, something like like uh, for sure. It could be eighty five fifteen maybe. in that range. So primarily dominated dominating cash games is your preference. Give us give us a. So we're gonna go. To, we're gonna get up to all the questions, but let's let's talk a little bit about. I always find it interesting how people got into poker because I know I lived in Maryland for seven years. You went to University of Maryland. You grew up in Maryland. Talk to me a little bit about your early experience. What got you? What got you into poker? When did you first start playing? And and how did that kind of look? Like, were you? Yeah. There, what year was it? Roughly? Like, how did you first enter into the poker world? Uh, it depends a little bit a little bit on what the poker world is. But uh, my very first start was just like with friends that played video games online. Play like play money, um, play money on poker stars or something. And that's where I made my my poker stars nickname from. Uh, from that jungle uh, man, where did that come from? Uh, the jungle man was from a little bit later. Uh, sometime afterward, I played in high school using like little pieces of paper torn up as chips. Okay, for like ten dollars or whatever. Um, and then jungle man came from when I played when I was seventeen, I think. I played live uh, and I played at random home games in um, the suburbs of Washington, D.C. with some like kids from the neighborhood or whatever. Um, And uh, what I thought was big stakes at the time, like 5,100, 100, 200, like $100, I thought was like a big deal back then. Wait, 50, as in 50 cents a dollar. 50 cents a dollar. You got to specify now that you're playing 50, 100 plus, no limit. You got to, yeah. So 50, you're playing like $100 buy-ins or $50 buy-ins. Yeah, something like that. Uh, And the the name Jungle Man came from back then when I was like, I played, it was a bit hairier. My hair was quite a bit longer and uh, (laughs) they thought I was kind of crazy. So they called me Jungle Man for 
just because it was a funny name. Jungle Man Dan. It's got a nice ring to it. That is your Instagram name, I believe now, right? Or yeah. Jungle Man Dan. It's, it's kind of what people know you as in the poker world. So you start playing there. When did you say, all right, this is the real deal? Like, you know, before you started playing a little, you were probably naturally good at games, I would guess. Like yeah. you, you had a, a gravity to to a knack for it. I mean, that's how a lot of, I think poker players start playing video games, card board games, and then they started playing a little poker and they already had some savvy, some sense. Did you, did you kind of, was it quick, like overnight, like within a week or two, were you like, Oh wow, I can do this for a living or did it take, how, what was the progression like where you kind of realized this was going to be, you were going to become um, a, a really successful poker player? Well, when I first played, it fucking sucked. Uh, when I was 17, I lost something like $5,000 at, 50 cent, $1, $1, $2, or whatever. Okay. Um, I had some money saved up. I wasn't really using it for that. So I was, uh, stupidly tried to play a little bit too big. I should have played, it started out playing $10 buttons or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it took me, I remember it took me about six months to make all that money back. Uh, and then, and then what happened was I like, and then it made, it made like $2,000 or something. That was kind of cool at the time. I thought, oh, I'm making money now. Playing yeah. $25 that goes online. Uh, playing, you know, and making, made, being up $2,000 sounds, seemed pretty cool. And then I won a tournament for $5,000. That was pretty exciting. That was probably one of the most exciting things, actually, uh, for me. Because uh, tournaments are different than cash game. Tournament, you get the result. There's like a, there, there, there's a thing. Cash games is kind of one of those things you, you don't always see. There. Like people don't know about it, but when you win a tournament, your family, your friends know people, you kind of like, all right, yeah, I made money from poker. So that's kind of cool in that sense, right? Well, it wasn't like a big tournament. It was like, it was like a $25 buy-in and the, the first place got uh, $5,000. Uh, but so that's a lot of entries then for only 25. Oh yeah. It was, it was like a big tournament. No one really knew about it, but it, it was like the time when my bankroll jumped by like, uh, what? 5,000 plus like 250. No. Yeah. 250%. Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's definitely, that's significant. Is that, uh, it, it, so, so then was there ever like, was there resistance from the family? Was this kind of like, you were just always doing this? Did you have other jobs before? Were you doing any kind of side stuff or was it literally you got in high schoolish time and just always play poker? Oh, um, that, that is, that's a bit of an interesting story. So first of all, when I was losing about $5,000 playing home games or whatever, live home games, there was definitely some resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember my grandma told me I couldn't play poker because I didn't know how to bluff or something. And your uh, grandma told you, you didn't know how to bluff. Yeah. Is and she still, is she still with us today? Uh, yeah, she's quite old, but, uh, but does she know the legend of jungle man, Dan? Does she know you you got bluffs in you now or no? Like, does uh, she know? She knows. Yeah. She knows you can get it done. Uh, my parents didn't like it at that point. Um, but, uh, I did have some jobs, uh, most, uh, con- What's the word? Notoriously, I had McDonald's for one month. Okay. I was paid $7 an hour, and I made $1,000. That was like the hardest $1,000 I ever made. Wow. That's uh, that's a jungle, jungle pause for one sec. Why don't you actually answer one of these questions real quick, just because we, we got some, we got Postmates ordered. Jungle hasn't eaten breakfast. We, we got, so let me just, why don't you, uh, look, well, actually, we'll just go for um, someone's at the door. Let me get that. Let me, Dan, answer a question. Uh, how about this one? Dan, what do you think about short deck poker? Do you think it can be more popular than online poker? And hold on, we'll take one of these questions here. Uh, I don't think short deck poker can be yes. as more popular than online poker than, than full deck hold'em poker. It can be pretty popular though, and it's been growing in popularity for the past 
uh, 18 months, something like that, maybe a little bit longer. Um, it's crazier than PLO. Uh, the it's it's simpler than it's simpler. It's it's I think it's less intuitive, but it's supposed to be simpler than uh, full deck hold'em. Uh, what else can I say about short deck? Uh, it's been growing in popularity. It'll be it'll be around for a, for a decent amount of time. I think it's a decent game. Decent game. And and how would you break up your your time right now between short deck, no limit, and mixed games? Like, what sort of the percentage would you give it a rough estimate? Maybe something like almost in, almost entirely short deck and mixed games. But within mixed games, there's no limit hold'em and PLO to some extent. And when you think about um, other games. It helps a little bit to, when you're thinking. You can like revisit it at least. Yeah, it, you you like revisit no and hold and PLO and think, oh wait, because of this in this game, maybe this should be changed in these games or whatever. So it actually helps a little bit when you're thinking about like all the games. Um, to some extent, that's true. That's not. I mean, you, if you really want to learn a game, you still need to like study very hard or whatever. Right. Um, if you want to learn the a game like super well to play again in like the toughest lineups or something. Uh, but yeah, I'm mostly playing short deck in eight game. And all right, or so next game, whatever. We got, we got our we got our food delivered here. So let me just we'll, we'll take a lot of questions, guys. There is a, Dan's going to be giving away three hundred nine dollar tickets. There's the Power Fest going on right now. So at the end of the show, guys, if you ask one of the questions and you retweet right now, you are eligible. We'll draw three winners for that. But we'll take those questions later. I kind of want to just pick Dan's brain and talk about because I know a little bit about the the uh, the led the I don't know if you call it legacy or that kind of your history, but like stuff like you're mentioning, I don't even know about, which is pretty cool. I didn't know you worked at McDonald's for a month. So like you said, at the hard thousand dollars to earn so you did kind of get in there and realize that maybe wasn't the path for you that must have been how hard was it like working there and like because you had already got the poker bug then right so you're kind of you're probably in there like out like what the fuck i'm serving burgers or i'm doing something when i wanted what was your actual job were you the cashier were you in no the i was the guy who put the <laughs> put the stuff in the bags like literally like what i did was uh they'd have like an order they put it up on on wherever where you could see like a monitor or something and you would have to like put the order inside the bag that that the chefs or whatever were making, they're making the patties and the fries and stuff. And you just literally, that's what you did. So, but you were just thinking about rolled up aces over Kings, right? You were ready. You wanted to play poker. I'm sure. I was point. thinking about when I'm going to get out of there. Uh, I thought I could do that and go to school. I was going to school at the same time or around, around that time, but it was summer break. And, and while doing that, that I realized there's no fucking way I could do those two things and play poker. Uh, so I had to, co- I, I only did it for one month for those reasons. And you, and you were gone. So there was no more McDonald's. So then you get out of McDonald's, you start playing online. Like what was the moment where you, you started with, so you're, lo- you're down 5,000, you hit a tournament score, $25 for, you get for some money that's significant. But then was it just kind of like, was it one day, like you just took off and like, you literally never looked back. Do you remember a period of time where there was like a week or two week period where it was just like, Oh this is it like where you just like lift it off like is there a moment where that happened um sort of uh i'm trying to think i would say that i gained a lot of traction after that tournament because i bought like a car runner subscription and there was like a point where i was like an intern that was paid 17 dollars an hour and literally i did nothing all day i made two thousand dollars for that job uh for like over like a month and a half or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the meantime, I was playing $2, $4 and I made like like $8,000 or something in that meantime. I forget what amount, but it was a lot more than what I made in, You're like, in, right. the, in the internship. And that was the last time I had a real job. Um, and how old were you then? 
I was 18, I think. And by the end of that year, I was playing 1020 and, and it made like $100,000 or something like that. And that was so primarily live or online? That was li- online at this time? Uh, that was that was all online. All this was online. Okay. I didn't play live poker really after the first period until uh, until I was like 20 or 21 years old. No, 20. A little bit 20 years old, I would say, actually. I played some when I was 20 years old. And how old are you now? I'm 29. 29 years young. So 29 years old, you get on a heater, you start playing, you, you're playing online primarily. And then when did the, when did it, when did like the real surge, like when did you hit your first kind of milestone? Like where you like really took off? Like, cause that, I mean, you're known as you, I'd say you, Isildur, Tom Dwan are like the three kind of, uh, who, who else could you throw? Ben Sauce or maybe who else is kind of in that online like cash game back in the days when it was just like, you know, it was crazy. Like just every day there's massive games everywhere. And it was, it was, who else were some of the big winners or really tough back, players? Back in the days or like now? I'd say back for, for not, like the back in like the prime before all this, like, I guess before what, 2011 or 2000, when, when would you, I guess give us like the online poker. There's a 2006 UIGEA. That's yeah. when that like party poker shut down in the U.S. To, because of London Stock Exchange. So that was probably a, like a difference. And then 2011, Black Friday, obviously, where the sites in the U.S. just shut down. So I don't know, kind of talk me through some of the progression of those those different benchmarks of online poker. Like who were some of the, the biggest other players okay. besides yourself? Um, I was around like I started getting into online poker around 2009. 2010 was when I made. A, no, 2010 was the was my biggest year. That was when I made like when I was like the biggest winner. Uh, was that like, like five million or something? Yeah, yeah. That was no. So I got in around two thousand. I think I started two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I was playing ten twenty. Two thousand nine. I was playing uh, like one hundred, two hundred, or whatever. Um, I think Phil Galfon was really big around those times. Patrick was playing huge stakes. Uh, who else? The mixing players. I, I think Ben Solsky was playing pretty big too. Mm. Uh, Sauce. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's been so long. But this was back when full tilt. The guys, all the games were going. It was just, it was just craziness. Yeah. Gus Hansen, guys were firing. This is when it was every day you woke up and it was just like you could win or lose. What was like typical days back then? On, like you could swing what? A couple hundred thousand, 500, a million even? Or what was not, it? Not, I mean, not really a million. I mean, like I remember if like 300, 600 or bigger ran, that was a big deal. Uh, maybe like ring it ran, but I was always playing heads up. I should have learned... It would have been smart to learn ring earlier, but whatever. Um, when you say ring, what does that mean for the viewers? Ring means like uh, just more than two. It, it just means like more than two players, really. More um, more six max, nine max. Yeah, yeah, that's what ring means. Uh, okay. Many different players. Let me think. What up, Brian Glick? Good to see you, man. Love Jungle Man. We got Please Don't Call Me. Yeah, we're going to be taking questions, guys. Get the, get the retweets out on Twitter, of course. We will go through these, Dan. We got some food here. We might have to take a, a break at some point when you get start. When you get very hungry, we'll grab it. We got the acai in a, in a shake, so it's pretty easy to, to, to eat here. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. I have so many questions. There's so many things I kind of know about Jungle Man, but I don't really know. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. To, to kind of talk through but so I mean those days just that sounds so fun like it just had to be like I mean what, what would you say on a given day like what's the average like in a week you were playing seven days a week were you literally during this time it was just all the time I was playing time? a lot this this period uh, I was playing seven days a week maybe like uh, I could have played more maybe like uh, maybe somewhere over 40 to between somewhere to 60 hours a week I think and, uh, 
was it consider at that point over like a month, two or a year period? Like, I mean, obviously you can take your averages, but was it kind of like when you were playing two, four, three, six, one, two, you knew like, all right, I'm worth, like, I'm making this much per day almost, or like in this game, this many hands, like the BB per hundred, like, could you, were you just, Oh, you're talking about when I was playing mid sticks. Whenever at any, like during your prime, your peak of online poker, when it was super, super popular, like what you knew your rate, like you knew, like you were, in these games, you were just a winner. You, you, were, you were printing money, basically. My peak of online poker was probably like 2010. Uh, this, I think my, I don't know how hot I ran, but, oh, I ran really hot at PLO, it turned out. Um, and No Limit Hold'em, I was really crushing. I made like, I was winning at like 10 big blinds per hundred over that period or something. So like explain that. to someone what that means. So give oh, us an shit. example. You're playing what game at that point? You're playing what mainly? 100, 200, uh, or 2-4? was my main game. It must have been like 100, 200 because 2, 4 didn't really. I would say it's like either like the average is between 100, 200, like a $20,000 buy in, and okay. 200, 400. So explain to someone who's watching at home if that means you're winning 10 BBs per 100, which is absurd, right? That's, yeah. a, that's a crazy amount. You're winning 10 big lions per 100 hands. Yeah. And so that means at a 100, 200 game, which so 200 would be the big blind, yeah. over 100 hands, you're winning $2,000. So every 100 hands you get online, you're winning two grand. Yeah, I don't remember how long it took. If you're playing heads up, I think you play, I forget how many hands you play in an hour. It's got to be a lot online. I mean, the full ring, you play 25 live an hour, right? Yeah, so it's way slower uh, live. I, right. th I think it's like, it's like over, uh, I don't want to embarrass myself to all the online guys because I totally forget this number, but it's not, it's kind of not that relevant. Um, but I was also multi-tabling, but like I'd probably on average play like three or four tables at once back then. There were all sorts of games. So with a win rate like that, you can make quite a lot of money very fast. Um, if it's 200, 400, it was like $4,000 or 800 hands and uh, playing like three or four tables like that, that adds up fast. Right. Man, that's a wild time. So, so was there anyone back then you, there was a, was there anyone that you didn't really play or were, were people wouldn't say you did it? Was there a point where it was hard to get games or like people just didn't, it was not hard to get games at that point. Like there was so much action and so much going on. Um, Poker's very ego. Yeah. There's a lot of ego, right? Like guys yeah. like, ah, oh, like for you to actually sit there and no one will sit you or you sit to sit out. Like that's kind of, that's part of the game, right? Cause there's gotta be people that know. It's not a great spot, but like, you know, it's kind of king of the hill. You want to be on there. I'm sure there's guys that like, like shit, I don't want to play, but I kind of have to like at least try. So I'm sure you ran into a lot of that, right? I, I was afraid to play. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, more so back then. No, that back then it was, it was definitely easier to get action. Um, but I remember against Ike Haxton and Sauce, I was like pretty nervous to play. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend, you're not in danger too. We never really played much together he was uh we both came from like the same town and played oh yeah Maryland you know, there, was he one of the twins or brothers or something no 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 that's, that's uh the that's the the dang twins you're in danger and wait what's hack and uh d dang were they were good too yeah they were they were very they good were same area weren't they kind of Maryland guys? yeah yeah they were um i met them before they're cool guys uh and uh yeah but me and you're not in danger didn't really play against each other because we were friends and whatever. Right. And we both respected each other and stuff like that. Uh, back then in 2010, it was not that hard to get action, but it slowed down a bit eventually. And then I was moving to PLO and um, people play, a lot of people play PLO. And then once you learn a couple of games, you can start, uh, people start to negotiate and say, Oh, well you're too good at Nomad. Why don't we play, PLO. We're not so good at PLO, so let's play No Limit and PLO. Right. Maybe we'll win. Remember, uh, those were the days of the card runners guys, like 
uh, Cole, Cole South out and uh, Brian Townsend and uh, Brian Hastings. Yeah, Brian Hastings, Taylor KB, all those guys. Yeah, uh, I battled with those guys. My original employer. Uh, well, or you had an internship? Both actually. Okay. Oh, I didn't have an internship there, but I uh, I did learn from their videos, and I also um, uh, I also did work there briefly. I made a couple videos there or whatever. Okay. But then you would battle with them. And then how did that shake out? Did they kind of, did, how, did you guys stop playing or do you think you got the best of them? Or I, I think I got the best of them. Yeah. Okay. So student became teacher. Yeah. It seemed that way. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, oh, talk about college. Cause I, I went to university of South Carolina. I lived in Baltimore, familiar with Maryland. I know how college life was. I was playing much smaller stakes, but I mean, 2004, five, six, it was like, it was great. It was a great time to be playing online. I was unfortunately playing 25 cent, 50 cent to maybe five ten at like in, in between there, maybe two, one, two and two, four. And the games were insane. I mean, I was printing money as well and I didn't really know what I was, you know, I was just like playing very solid and like guys were giving it away. How was it? But I know, I remember the feeling of being on campus and playing poker. It was fun. I was doing affiliate programs. I was playing, I was flying sometimes on weekends and going and playing my tour, junior, senior year, going into Atlantic city or Vegas. Um, talk to me about your college experience. How, what was that like? Were you, I guess I'm trying to understand your timeline. So were you in college? Were you playing high state? What, what stakes were you playing while you were at Maryland? You went to University of Maryland. I was playing between, well, I played a bunch of different stakes during that time. Uh, uh, let's see. I played between like $1, $2 and like, no, maybe 50 cent $1 and all the way up to like, uh, like 200, 400 or something. Oh, really? At, well, that was about the time when I dropped out. Wait, oh yeah, so talk about that. So how, how was that? What, who were, you, were you living in, a, in a, your own dorm? Were you with a roommate? Like, what was your life like with the friends? Because, like, I'm sure your other friends weren't, well, maybe a couple of them played, but probably not really, right? No, you're going to college. Play. Yeah, and play. You're, I mean, you're, so I you're sitting on a computer. They're the ones, they're flipping burgers or working at the thrift shop, or they're going to school grinding, and you're in there, and you're playing high stakes cash. I mean, that must have been pretty crazy, right? Like, people yeah. must have, word got out on, around, I'm sure. And, and uh, not really. No. Um, I was pretty secretive. Like I, um, like I was mostly like in my room. I didn't really get the the proper. I got like a little bit of the proper college experience, but not really because uh, whatever. Maybe I was a little bit too obsessed with poker or something like that. And also, I was uh, a little bit socially awkward, so I didn't make so many friends. Yeah. Um, it that eventually happened when I like went out and and. Uh, you know, I just met some more people like it eventually happened. It took a while, uh, like towards the last years, we, we threw a couple parties, uh, but, uh, I forget. I had something else I wanted to say, but I forget. We're talking about college and friends or people that knew on campus. If you yeah. played, ah, they well, mostly didn't. Were you going to like, at some point was it so talk, what year did you drop out of college? 2000. It was my third year. No, it was 2010. That's when I dropped out. Okay. You were just, it was just too crazy. You were like, this is insane. What am I even, I can't think well, of possibly studying or going to class when I'm just playing the best games and printing. Well, yeah. Well, it's like really annoying to like, you know, lose like 130,000 one day and then, and then it's like a book report doing two days. Like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to write a book report. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how, what is, so how was, was your parents experience along the way or your uh, close world? Like, was it, did they just totally get it? Like, was that hard for you to tell them that, Hey, I'm dropping out of college. Cause like did that, did they, st how, how did they feel about this whole, this whole adventure you were on of poker? What was it like? No, don't do this into like, okay. Into like, all right, we get it. They respect it. Or were they kind of like, well, you should still finish school. How did they react? Uh, I think, uh, at the time when I dropped out, it wasn't as though, uh, I didn't have, um, I really wanted to finish college actually, but, um, 
in fact, I had to like retake a class a second time. Uh, the class was game theory is the irony. Okay. <laughs> it's actually totally irrelevant to poker. Um, but, but it's like, I was studying computer science at the time. Uh, I think my parents were okay with me dropping out at the time that I did because I had already had quite a bit of success. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, so yeah, it wasn't like a pipe dream at the time. Like, Hey, I no, think no, that's no. going to work. You were that you were there. You know, they they knew you could you could do it. Um, so you drop out, and then you what? You continue living in the same area. When did you kind of journey out to Vegas and start traveling the world? Like, how, were you in Maryland still for a while? Probably had your setup uh, and everything, or did you did you move when you dropped out of college? Well, part of the reason I dropped out was because I wanted to do an event in uh, London. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to travel and, and do what other stuff, and it's like how the fuck how can you travel and like go to school? That doesn't really work, right? Um, so I went to London and I played like the World Series of Poker Europe or something like that. Okay, didn't do anything, uh, but it was like cool to travel for the first time or one of the first times in London uh, outside of the U.S. Anyway. Uh, what happened next? Oh yeah. I moved to Florida with Ashton Griffin. Oh, he was a big player during those times. He's still playing. I haven't heard from him in a while. Um, kind of a long story. I okay. think he's yeah. playing or into crypto or something okay. like that. No worries. Just curious. Uh, yeah, he's, I remember him with, uh, Haseeb Kreshi, if you remember him, dog his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that ends. That's a that's a different story. Okay. Uh, but I moved there to that with them to Orlando. Uh, did you ask about when I started traveling outside of the U.S.? Yeah, if you just kind of like no, like so you, you drop out of school and then what? Were you just playing? On, you, I was wondering if you were playing online still primarily, or if then you started opening up and doing oh. some of the traveling. Yeah. I was I was still playing online. Now I was playing online until basically Black Friday, and that was about when I moved to Vegas. If you remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you go move out. So now you're moving to Vegas. You got your Mr. Poker. You're, you're this legend online, right? People know you. You're the high stakes, one of the biggest winners ever. And talk about Black Friday then. So, that, I mean, I remember where I was when it happened and saw the messages. Talk to me about that experience. Because did, did you have an, any idea was coming or did you wake up and log in and heard about it? Or did someone tell you to go log in? Or how did, how did you find out about that? I remember I just woke up and I was with Hasib in Austin. I was visiting a couple friends and he just says, Oh, you know, some crazy shit just happened. Uh, uh, the government just shut down all the online poker sites. So that's how I heard about it. And so then you, what you log in, you go frantically log into your account or try to, and you see, yeah. Uh, I, I remember I did, but I didn't freak out as much as I probably should have because, uh, <laughs> in my head, I thought, Oh, this will be resolved or whatever. Like who cares? Like I, I, it was almost like one of those situations where you don't realize like the severity of it. Yeah. Um, or at least that was the case for me at the time because I was quite young. Well, you also think what full tilt or was primarily, or did you have some poker stars or party then, or was it, were you just, were you across a lot of sites or were you playing primarily on? Actually, the, there were the, all three sites that, uh, that I was on were shut down. Okay. Uh, full tilt, uh, party poker and ultimate bet all three. Well, party poker was Oh six, wasn't it? Uh, Oh, not party poker. Sorry. Um, no. Full tilts, poker stars, and, and UB, absolute or UB ultimate UB. bet or whatever. Yeah. So all three sites are shut down. Not, I mean, it's up to you. I don't know if this might have been public. I remember hearing some crazy figures. I think I saw it online. What, like, can you give a ballpark of like what, what kind of money was? Because it wasn't like gone, but it was held, and then it was unclear whether you would get it back or not. And it was supposed to be getting back, but. Talk so how to talk, talk me through that experience a little bit. With um, whatever in specific. You want figures. Or is it was it public? I remember seeing some numbers. I thought I've seen articles I don't think about it. Matters. It. Yeah, I mean uh, it's a, it's 
I had four million, nearly four million on full tilt uh, stuck. Wow. Uh, and you're how old? So this is 2011. So this is eight. You're 21, 22. I think it was 21 or t- I think it was 21. So you wake up the government, you see what you hear, what happens, you log in, you don't know what's going to go on. You don't really freak out. Cause you kind of think, well, these are major companies. These are like publicly traded big companies. Like, yeah, okay. Maybe I can't play anymore. It's going to be annoying or I have to figure something else out, but I'm surely the money's going to just be put in like sent to me. Right. That's yeah. like your thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it wouldn't be such a big deal, but I, I was like naive and whatever. Um, I had no experience like this before. Um, and I didn't like, yeah, being 21 and like growing up where college and whatever, like you, you don't really like know about too many like really bad things that actually happen. Right. Um, and so at what point do you realize this could be a problem? Like, is it one, like two days, one week, one month? I mean, at some point, obviously it looks like it's a disaster, right? Like, it's like, wow, this could, I might even just not ever get it. Is that like, is that I forget the timeline on how it all happened. I know eventually years later you got sent, right? You did get paid. Yeah. Poker stars did buy full tilt. They did re- reimburse the balances. Full tilt had some crazy shit going on where they were, you know, crediting player poker uh, pros and didn't have the money on hand. And it was kind of a, a mess obviously. But so talk me through that experience. Like how, how did, how did you feel? When did you realize this was an issue, a big problem? I think maybe after like, middle of the world series when nothing had still happened. So middle of the world series is like June, July, 2011. No, I must've realized it was a big deal. Uh, yeah, something, yeah, something like that when it it took like a couple months and nothing had happened or when like Phil Ivey threatened to sue full tilt or something like that. Yeah. So now what are you thinking? Was there people that were paying or buying the debts and stuff? Like I remember like people would sell their balances for like 15 cents or 50 cents on the dollar yeah. and stuff like that. Did, did, was there any talk of that? Did you consider that? Uh, I did. I, I think I did talk about this, although I don't know. I, I did do that basically. Uh, oh, I'm well, trying to know. think how much I already talked about this because I don't know how much of this information is confidential or not, but well, I did don't a, say anything. That's not, I'm not looking to, to cause a, a ruckus, but you know, you don't have to say names or exact yeah. amounts, but I don't want to say name yeah. because I, this, this one, I don't remember. I think I did talk about this bit, but I did. Okay. I basically did a deal where if, if full tilt goes to zero, I would get something like, uh, Oh, maybe for like half the money I did this or something, but if full tilt went to zero, no, if full tilt went to zero, I would get something like, like half of the money in the account. Mm-hmm. And then otherwise I paid like 450 K for my whole, for my whole account, something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think I paid a little bit less than 80 cents on the dollar or got offered that. But you ended up net net when it all shook out because it got paid back, you still got, you got, you end up getting most of it just yeah. at some discount. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I had to pay 450 K basically. And how, at what point did you make that deal? Was it six months in, three months in? No, it was like right after. Oh, really? It was like three days after Black Friday. Oh, you made it that fast. You kind of got spooked yeah. early and you were like, you know what, let me lock up something. Well, it was sort of a Hasib suggestion and uh, and I didn't really know. I was so stupid back then. I didn't know anything about anything what's going on. So looking back, looking back at that whole process, do you... Is it safe to say, so you had 4 million in full tilt, you had money on other sites as well. So you had like 5 million or whatever, whatever 4 million plus somewhere in that range online. Yeah. Looking back on that, 
did you need 4 million on full tilt? Or was it just kind of like, you know, it's like your checking account. You almost looked at like, and you were just like, whatever. Like if you had done it differently, it, obviously no one's really thinking there's an issue, but like, would it have made sense to maybe leave only 1 million on at a time? Or um, maybe it was hard to get money on and off. So you needed money for the game. So it, I'm sure like you could have had less. You didn't need the four on there, but you probably, you still needed a lot. because it was kind of like I didn't. I you needed kind of a lot if you're gonna play high stakes. It's super annoying to like bust your account and then reload. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not very easy to do that. You need to like send big wires or right. I don't know. You have to have someone send you a lot of money or something. I probably didn't really need it, but I didn't really know how to deal with that problem. Um, uh, yeah, I just kind of didn't know how to deal with that problem. Like it's just like a right. odd thing again. Like. Um, I was mostly asking questions. I had not really had the proper experience of dealing with these like strange problems of having a lot of money in like one place or whatever. But it still was a sweat, even though you made this arrangement. You still were. It, it mattered if full tilt just went to zero or got paid back in full. It was still very important. Oh for yeah, how, that was a that big was, sweat. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like you get used to it though over time. I mean, it's not like it. It didn't really change my life. I wasn't like spending exorbitant amount of money or anything like that. It changed the stakes I played, and I got staked shortly after, though. Interesting. Um, I mean, that much it changed, but it didn't change anything about my lifestyle, really. Or, Well, actually, Black Friday did, because I moved out of the U.S. afterwards. Where did you move then? Well, the original plan was to move to Canada, but then we moved to, uh, uh, we moved to the U.K. originally. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? How did you like that? Like looking back on it, did Black Friday maybe even help you? I know for me personally, I was playing a lot online. I was, you know, not very healthy. I was waking up every day. I would eat, you know, play beer pong, was eating Chinese delivery, playing online poker, multi-table tournaments, doing whatever, and then wake up and I'd be like, oh, like online poker's here. I'd play a lot. Like I was not doing a lot. I wasn't really traveling much. I was just kind of like warped and playing a lot. And I mean, it almost sounds funny saying it like that, but it was just kind of like, I just wasn't very balanced. And it was like, I was the same thing. I was in, right out of college. I had no job. I had played soccer my whole life. Mm-hmm. I had been in college. I always had responsibility. I was on teams my whole life. And then it was just kind of like, all right, I'm free. I'm going to play poker. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to party, have a great time. And then, you know, I remember when Black Friday happened, I was like, oh shit, like now I can't live in Baltimore and play poker online and like what am I going to do I was like this is so bad just because like it sucks but then like looking back now I think it was a blessing do you feel how do you feel about that experience um I'm not sure if I would call it a blessing but I will definitely say that it would it would push me more towards like gaining some life experience and whatever being a bit more balanced definitely that's the case Mm -hmm. um because if that wasn't the case I would just be sitting around playing online all the time and I would have traveled all these I wouldn't, it would have taken me longer at right. least to travel these crazy places and whatever. And I can't 100%. say that for me, yeah, I wasn't making 10 BBs per hundred at 100, 200. That's for sure. So I guess, you know, it's all relative, a little different. You know, it's one of those things for you. It's yeah, not really a blessing necessarily when it cuts off your plus freezes your money. It's got to be emotional to go from being like the most dangerous liquid guy and, and create online crusher and whatever. And into, like you said, you even had to be staked and like making deals, sell off your money. It's kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a traumatic experience, you know, also a trust with like what's real, what's not like it kind of probably, you know, jolts you pretty quickly into reality and really makes you refocus into like what's what's how how does life work? Like, this is crazy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that's that's safe to say. Wow. People were gaining traction here. Sorry about that. Swipe up on Instagram wasn't the right link, but I know you guys know where to find it, where to get us. And we're here now. We are going to take questions on here. We're going to we have a lot of questions here. So we're going to probably dive in there kind of soon. Just trying to 
give you guys a little background history as well as learn here. I uh, see Ghost of M, the legend. We got Vader in the chat. Matt Kiefer, what's up, brother? A lot of familiar faces. Uh, play much P, what's that? PLO8, Jungle. PLO8. Do you play PLO8? No, you're mixed games, but do you uh, like PLO8? Uh, I sort of like, you know, PLO8, I've got like a weird feeling about. I, uh, I definitely play PLO8, but that's probably my worst game. <laughs> I, okay. I'm not good at PLO8. Why, why, why is that? You're so good at all these other games. PLO8, I played it. I like it. It's fun. It doesn't seem super complex but maybe i mean is it just something you haven't put a lot of time into or is it kind of like there's a lot of split pots is it is there some just some reason why you think that's not one of your better games um a couple things first of all i've played it much less than like a lot of the other games second of all i think it's pretty complex actually i think it's like way different from plo and and no limit because there's like the way the two pot two halves the two sides of the pot work uh work totally differently and there's not really i'm trying to think if there's something comparable but not really. Uh, so it is a game where there's a lot of edge potentially where if, you're, if yeah, you don't understand yeah. some principles, you could get pretty exposed. Oh, I think there's a, there's quite a bit of an edge in that game. Uh, and definitely, I mean, there's just, when you when you play like totally new games, there's just all sorts of possible mistakes you can make. It's, it's, it's quite a tough process and no one's really playing totally perfectly. Like um, there is a mixed game that we play with like uh, other big bad games like Polymer Badugi and like Parliament deuce to seven things like that uh yeah in this game i've definitely made some big mistakes right uh it's like and yeah and okay so that's interesting yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't have uh i guess the same thing i don't play a lot of it it's fun like if i see a wsop 3k or 1500 and i'm in and i'm around i like lay reg and fire and it's just like a fun kind of fun format i think but it's mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely i can do some we can do some some more work on that. I'm sure there's, it's not in a game. It's not a game. Like you probably haven't put much time into it because like right now, short decks are very popular. Um, you know, PLO, no limit hole. And that's where the big games are. Money is like, you're not, it's not like there's massive PLO eight games running in places. So yeah. I mean, if there was, you would, you would jungle man it and just get in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, that for sure. That's true. Um, uh, I should say that. Yeah. It's only like part of like one of the mixed games we play like once every like, like, few months i mean it's like one of like who's a dangerous PLOA guy just out of curiosity is there a guy that's like renowned <laughs> as like the PLOA? like that's his like you know people are taking bathroom breaks when the PLOA card comes up because this guy this guy just won't ever miss a hand who's like who or who at least believes to be you don't have to uh, say definitely who. brian rast he's uh he's the it's his road game okay uh, and he seems to i don't know he seems to have some good ideas about the game and wins that consistently or whatever okay uh like uh, he's he's got that he's he's like a little bit unofficially uh how do I say it? like uh like the split pot four card games are his thing somehow. Right. It's he, like a weird niche. He owns he it has. at least. He like he, he <laughs> believes it so much that you feel it. Like you're like, all right, yeah, you're good at this. Like I get it. Like it's a confidence thing almost. He definitely believes yeah, it. Yeah. That's he cool. definitely believes it and it's it's the the, the niche thing is is, is there. For sure. right, well, that's Brian Rass, one of one of my very closest friends, also been on the podcast. That's good to hear that that's uh, that he's dominating there. Um, someone's asking about this, just to clarify. So you had to set up new accounts on site, which you had money frozen on from the USA. So how does that work? So full tilt freezes your money. You then go out of the country, I guess, poker stars, then you make a new account or you get your old account activated. But like that, I forget that process because this is kind of awkward. Your money's taken. Now you can go out of the country, though, and like play on a new account yeah you had to get like a new address yeah i remember i did that too yeah but um, i just forget like how that worked so 
I forget how that worked. Also, it's kind of confusing, right? It's like, oh, hey, come to the Canada and you can play now, but we have all your money and you have to redeposit, kind of. But it, I guess it wasn't Poker Stars; it was Full Tilt that had the issue, though. So it wasn't you were playing on Stars, and then I remember Stars bought Full Tilt a couple of years later, and then it was weird because they like turned back on Full Tilt, and then the money did get sent. I forget when it was; it must have been fifteen or fourteen when they sent back the money. Yeah, somewhere three, four, five years later, it got sent back. All the balances did get paid. Like that was a crazy day because like that kind of came out. You know, it was very unclear if it was going to happen, but it did. So that's got, that was a good day. Do you remember where you were for that? I do remember where I was. I was in uh, Budapest. Okay, and just got someone just said, "Hey, check this out," or someone not- yeah. one of your buddies notified you. Yeah, I checked my. It's interesting to see your uh, account balance, your your bank account with like four million more dollars. And like, okay, that's. That's a good sign. <laughs> That's a good feeling. That's <laughs> nice. The highs and the lows, man. That's crazy. Um, thanks for answering the question. No worries. Please don't call me, guys. Again, I wanted to remind you, this is the format. This is where we're going to be doing a lot of podcasts. Um, I like doing the live podcast. I think it's fun. But just, you know, don't feel like we're ignoring the chat. You can ask your questions on Twitter. We'll try to get to them. This is a conversation we could do offline and just put up. But I think it's more fun to have the, the live element to it and then also give you guys a chance for if we see your question to answer it. But please don't take it personal if we miss it. Um, I am on Twitter. There is three one nine tickets. We're going to have Dan giveaway uh, for you. So there's a lot of questions here. I mean, there's just a lot. So we're going to try to knock down rapid fire some of these as well. I, I like, um, I, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of your, your poker progression. Is there any, talk to me about um, a bit about the uh, dirt challenges. And I, 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 again, I'm, I honestly don't know. I just don't remember all this. I don't, I know that's like kind of a salt, like, I remember there was some stuff that didn't get finished. It was kind of sour, a few of the spots. So I'm not trying to, I really don't know. I just know you've had a few challenges. Can you talk about, you did multiple ones. You've had one with dirt. I think that one never finished. Is that correct? Yes. And you were, you have a significant. Still, well, it, uh, yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's, that's the official response. You have, a, you have, a, what, 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 can you it's talk essentially about not finished, yeah. what, what is, how, how big of a lead? What was the actual, just so I can have an idea. Maybe, you know, who knows, man, maybe we could get it. Maybe on the podcast, we call it out. Maybe we get it set up and get it, get it right. Cause it, it technically get, well, first of all, tell me what it is just so I can understand that. Cause you've done multiple of these, correct. And you have finished like not with him, but you've done other con- like challenges with people and finish them or no. Um, or is this the only one you've ever done? I forget. I've heard of a few of these challenges and like things. I know some other guys have done them and they finished them, I think. Um, I so. Well, Dirt did one with Patrick Antonius. Okay. And, uh, Doug did one with Sauce. Oh, yeah. So those finished, um, though. Those, the one with Sauce went very smoothly. Sauce, uh, Sauce lost and he paid and whatever. I mean, it's just okay. a, like there's no problems with Sauce. He's a very honorable guy. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened with the one with Tom and Patrick. Um, but because the, they, they had a full tilt, like chart, like there was, I remember there was like a, like a, like a official thing and it showed how many hands and it was tracking it. And I, I remember some of this stuff, so I don't remember, but you did do one with Tom and yeah. what was the, what was that arrangement? Okay. So, well, Tom offered to the world basically that he could play anyone at Nolman and PLO, uh, where he, he, they had to escrow, they had to put up $500,000 and he put up $1.5 million and then they would play, they would have to play 50,000 hands. And Tom was betting that he would win, basically. He was laying three to one on that side bet that he would win. Okay. So net net plus whatever the total was you would get. Yeah. So so it's a pretty hefty bet. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's hefty. And he opened that to the world. You then said, hey, Jungle Man Dan reporting for the challenge. And he accepted. Actually, he offered it to me. So he didn't even, I, it didn't even, wasn't even that you said, hey, man, I think I could get you. Let's do it. You, he he actually 
got you to do the challenge. Yeah. He contacted you. Then what happened? How, what did you think about this? Were you kind of like, maybe like, cause if the fact that you didn't contact him means you probably didn't think it was the greatest deal in the history. You must've thought he was pretty damn tough or else at three to one, you would probably take it. Right. Uh, well, it was, or you didn't even know about it necessarily, or I think, I think I was just like, I probably should have considered taking it, but this is one of these situations where I was just like too much of my own world where, where whatever. Um, you also have a, you also probably, you have a good thing going, you have your own games and format and feeling, right? So it's like, now you're going to like kind of dismiss that. You got to take on a bet, even though it's a great odds, you still could lose 500 plus the damage. So it's not like, it's It's not like a slam dunk. Considerable risk. Right. Um, But when he offered that to me, I was actually, I was already playing him. He had, he had already lost 35 buy-ins at no limit hold'em. I was like a little bit taken aback. Like if you lose 35 buy-ins at no limit hold'em, you, Typically, you don't want to play the guy. Uh, he was down thirty-five buy-ins two years already. Heads up. Yeah. Okay. That's um. If you buy in for forty thousand dollars, that's uh, what is that? That's uh, one point four million already. So he's down to you one point four million. Well, we were playing one hundred, two hundred, two hundred four, and so he's oh, down so something like eight hundred to a million ish. Yeah, something, something like that. that. He's already down a shitload, and he's saying, "Hey, I'm gonna." Give Wait, me three to one. Give you three to one on the next 50,000 hands. So I was pretty scared. Wait, how many hands <laughs> have you played? Uh, we had played like over 20,000 hands or something like that. And he had lost this. Okay. So, so I now, thought maybe, huh? Yeah. So now, so then you're like, all right, like, yeah, you're, you're worried about that a little because well, you're well, I'm thinking, is this guy some kind of fucking genius? Like what, what's going on yeah. here? I, I, like it's, uh, it's yeah, like, like almost like is like, he giving you some rope and then very, like he's going to come smash you for the 500 plus like win another 2 million off the 50, even though you're up whatever. So, but you have a little head, you're up, you're up a million and a half. Yeah. So you're kind of like, all right, you accept. At some point, yes, I decided I was going to accept. And I thought maybe he was hustling me or whatever, or, uh, I don't know. He's, uh, what should I say? Yeah. That's a very bold yeah, maybe there's some sort of angle. He's smart, obviously. He's an elite poker player. He's at the top of the game as yeah. well. So, like, you, you just got to – your radar's up at all times. Anytime someone seeks you out for something, you should be – your radar should be at high alert because that's <laughs> generally – like, if a guy's like, I can shoot 95% free throws, some random guy comes to you and wants to bet you, like, he's probably Yeah, that's, pretty, that's sort of what it was like. Yeah, like, he's probably <laughs> a pretty fucking good free throw shooter. So, um, all right, so now you accept – you start the challenge. It's kind of exciting. The poker world's fired up. It's a big deal. It's getting a lot of press, whatever, right? You get going. What happened? I, I truthfully don't know. I just know that it didn't finish. And there was, there was, you had a lead or I don't remember how it all, can you, do you mind talking about it? Because I honestly I don't know. Like I think it's talk pretty. about it. Yeah. Because it's complete. It's yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting is a good way to put it. Um, so, uh, yeah. So surprise, surprise that we played about 20s maybe 20,000 hands and I just totally kicked his ass again. How much roughly? Who, who would have thought? Uh, for about 1.2 million. This okay, time. So now you're up about 2.4. Two, you're up over $2 million on him. Yep. You're halfway through the challenge. How big of a lead do you have? Like a massive. Oh, oh okay. He's, Wait, he's like 1.2. So like he's almost like it'd be hard even. He'd have to like run the how hot you ran for the first half to be back to around even. Yeah. So like he's in a, he's basically he's in big trouble. Yeah. Well, not only that, but he's down 70 binds overall. Okay. Which no one, I, I mean, if you lose 70 binds to someone and no one will hold them, it's like, time. you gotta, you gotta rethink it. what yeah. you're doing. Okay. Uh, you're not a fucking favorite. <laughs> you lose yeah. 70 binds. What percent do you think you are to win the challenge at this point at that, with that lead? Like you probably ran some numbers roughly. I mean, 90%, I mean, like, 95. Assuming we have equal edge. I mean, you can look at it mathematically. That's it's like saying. less than 5% if we had equal edge. Right. Plus even. that you're 70 buy-in favorite. 
over a sample of 70, you're up 70 buy-ins so far. Well, that's not even considering the fact that if, if I'm a favorite, he's like almost drawing dead from this point. Okay. So, all right. So I actually, Tom Duan's one I'd never really talked to. I don't know much about him. I, I don't know anything really. I mean, I just know he's, you know, he's a high stakes poker legend, yeah. plays some huge games and I've not, you know, I don't really know much good or bad. I, I really don't. Um, so all this happens, you reach out. How does he, how does he, does it clarify as well? This was on full tilt only. Yeah. This was what year? Um, this was 2010. 10. So yeah. Black Friday, this April. This started, 2010. 2010, Black Friday. Is it almost a slightly saved by the bell or no? Like, was it technically, so like, Black Friday happens, full tilt goes down, obviously. But like, at what point had he stopped playing the matches when you were playing? You could have finished the match easily by yes. Black Friday. You stopped playing like the summer of 2010 or something. Okay, so no, it's no, like, no, wait. Let me, yeah, some, some point in 2010, he stopped playing. Like in the winter of 2010, he did not play. Okay. For for a very long period and I was yeah. You were starting to realize like, all right, he's not he doesn't wanna give that one point five million pro or it yeah. seems like he's just sort of like was it like you would message him, WhatsApp him, send him a Skype message, hey, like you ready to play or whatever, and he would he ignore you, would he say, Hey no, like I just can't right now, I'm busy, or was it like uh, I think it was a matter of a couple things. I think that I wasn't particularly polite in saying and asking him to play, which was a mistake. I should have probably been I, I was probably not happy at this point, uh, but he did. There were at least in the beginning. In, in the beginning, he tried to like compensate me a little bit, uh, or like how do I say? He tried to make it like somewhat okay. Uh, but there were it, ever t as time went on, he mostly he he did and he didn't. Let's put it that way. Okay. But so now January, February, March roll around, still no contact, no match. Like there literally was zero hands or did he give you a little bit of tastes? No, like pretty much zero or, or not, or not very much at all. I know we at somewhere between this time, we put the first 20,000 hands in like the, the first two months. And then we played somewhere like somehow 5,000 hands over the last, uh, at some point it, than the next like two or three years or something. So, okay. so at this, even to this day, only 25,000. So is it, completed. In, is this challenge technically live? Is it acknowledged? Is it like, Hey, like, has it been left? Like we'll settle one day when like stuff, we'll get back on and fire. Is it, is he like, is he trying to say, well, full tilts down to Cause it doesn't matter. Right. It's, you could play 100, 200 on any platform, any variant. Well, there's you no could, contingency that that full tilts down. Anything's defaulted. No, so. I know. So like in theory of party poker, if we set up like a Thunderdome, like a, like a, a party dome or somewhere like a site where he agreed and you were to play, you could, you could pick up, you know, the exact hands, the exact amount, and you could just continue the challenge. Is that correct? Yeah, that? sure. Um, well now we have an agreement, although this agreement we, we did, a, a, excuse me. Um, I mean, don't do I say this? anything. I don't want you. I'm not, I'm not trying to look, stir up the pot. I, I'm just generally curious. Cause this was, I remember this was a big deal. It's exciting. And I yeah. just, I actually, I don't know any of this like how it settled. I just remember there was a lead and it didn't get happened. So I'm just curious, you know, well, there's a lot of stuff that happened in between. Um, but as the very latest, should I say the very latest news or should I talk about some of the stuff that happened in between? I see someone saying, please don't call me 21,000 hands played of 
50,000 and Dan is up 1.3 million. I mean, that's that, maybe that's like the last public records. I don't know if that's right or not. Or no, right. it's we're, we play close to 25,000 hands and I'm up a little over 1.4 million. Okay. So even crazier now, even close, you know, halfway big yeah. lead. Yeah. Either way, share, share what, I mean, share whatever, I guess more so what would, yeah. What, what's like the current state of it and what would you like to see happen? What do you think realistically would happen? Okay. So I should mention that he has paid something like, he thinks it's more, but it's, it's not. Um, it's something like between 700 to, it's more than 700,000 for sure. And less than 850 for sure uh, of penalties somewhere in, in that ballpark. Oh, so he is paying or done some stuff. Well, he did. It. Yeah. He's done some stuff to try. Oh, so that, I mean, that, I mean, that seems there. pretty honorable. Like, or at sort least of. I'm saying in, in regards of like, not just like, ah, you know what? F you. Like he's not like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 I, yeah, I would say it's close to honorable. I mean, he's like made some kind of effort. Right. It's not, he hasn't just totally said F you, but like yeah. at that being said, how is it, do you think there's a chance you guys settle this? Would you like to set something up on party poker? If you would agree with that, that be fun to you? Or is it even just like now it's so long ago? Like, is it kind of like, you um, know, things the, have changed? Like, what do you think? There's some information that I'm not sure that he wants me to reveal, don't, but I will say don't, that. Don't do it. Don't I, I, I'm it. trying to think if I can like say like a little bit. Um, I'd rather not. I don't want you to, I don't want any, I'm not looking. I'm not, my, my media, my podcast game is not stir the pot. I don't want that. I really don't. So I, stir the pot just a little bit. Like give it like, give it a couple all right, just a, just a tiny, um, just a tiny spin. But well, we made an agreement that, uh, we made an agreement along like a little bit around, around a year ago, I would say. And that agreement hasn't come to fruition yet. Okay. Uh, I'm giving him a little bit of a break just because, uh, just in hopes that he's honorable because of the fact that he's made these, uh, concessions is right. the word, right? Makes sense. Um, he's, he's shown good faith. He's, he's shown some efforts of good faith and he seems to have had a, a, a tough, uh, track record like he seems to actually whenever i talk to him it's like he's in a, a new like crazy predicament or something yeah he's like oh man like things are going so shitty or whatever and yeah you know after like six years of it you kind of like okay tom right but uh, uh but he's one of those I guys mean, he's definitely too. Had a bad, bad bad track record I mean, yeah, but he's one of those guys he's playing big games he's like he's a guy that can be you know he can be on top of the world and tomorrow or something you know he's not he's like he's not a guy that's just down and out and, and, and like and again i have no idea his current i've heard everything right there's like rumors and crazy shit and you probably have a you're more in tune because you you know you know the circle yeah. and the guys but you know the, the stakes and the things like things can go from zero to 100 or vice versa really quick right you could have a great session or a great opportunity and you know be on top of the world potentially right like based yeah. on the size of the games or this and that so anyway i don't want to i'm not trying to dive into Durr's personal life i think it's super interesting and i didn't realize that but like that's crazy yeah that's a huge so really you're net like three million on that that operation though you're 2.4 from playing he's paid part of the 1.5 potential loss so like you're rough right around three million net on the dirt challenge so i mean it's not like it's a pretty it's a nice nice uh scenario it's not like you just totally got like blanked yeah uh it uh it's mostly a good situation just uh you know where's where's the rest of the money right um but uh we'll we'll uh you know giving him a little bit of break for the meantime uh what do you but let me ask you that. do you think again, that's is that a scenario? Do you feel, if you had to guess right now, let's just say like based on the agreement you guys are worked out or how you have, is that possible to finish the challenge or is it just going to be settled via another way? Like, is it like, all right, let's go on party poker, set up a heads up table and let's like keep track of this. Would he want to do that? Do you think, or is that not really what's on the table? I don't think that he wants, uh, I don't, maybe he wants to do that, but I mean, we've tried, I, I, like 
we thought it would happen a million times and just never happened. I, right. I don't have a lot of faith that that specifically will happen. Maybe it'll be settled or something like that's a whole because I guess story. in theory, if it gets settled or not, the the potential risk on his end, let's just say you finished the twenty five thousand roughly more hands, yep. he could lose another one point five million potentially or somewhere a million whatever, right? Plus he would then have to pay the other eight hundred k. So he could he could really it's like a two million possible. Like worst case scenario, almost maybe even more. Yeah, I don't think he thinks of it like that. He thinks more like he can come back and figure me out or whatever. It's, he's quite optimistic about things like that. Um, can they but, figure out jungle? Who can figure out? You can't. You can't figure. Do you know yourself? Can people figure you out? How can someone figure you out? Well, I think that 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 statement is a little bit misleading because, like, when you figure, what does figure out really mean? in this context like even and also you can just what if you just play gto if you play gto you can figure out if the whole point of playing gto okay so i want to say a couple things that are more based on like the progress of strategy like what gto is you you approach you can approach you can solve gto mathematically or whatever but if two people play exploitatively and try to figure each other out and they keep doing this to each other and they're adjusting um you know correctly then you reach GTO. That's what GTO is. It's just them trying to, it's just like two people maximally exploiting each other as much as possible uh, until they reach basically an equilibrium. So you could say if he quote unquote figured me out and I just like, uh, like would have to, the, the, the next strategy would be for me to change my game or whatever. And like the ultimate result would be basically I would just play GTO um, and he can't win. And right. I mean, we're we're far away from that. And it sounds, you know, it sounds he's, he's already had fifty thousand hands to fucking figure me out. And yeah, that's gone really well. So I don't think so. Right. All right. <laughs> I don't I think I'm it. too worried about this. I, I get it. Interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a interesting way of looking at it for sure. Is there a man? So okay. So all right. So that I get that. That makes a lot of sense. And this is uh, this is kind of brings me to my next thought. Like I don't want to go down the GTO rabbit hole and simulation all this type of stuff but what do you feel the current state of online poker with um huds and all these different things i know rob young was on actually two days ago talking about they removed ten thousand bots from party mm -hmm. poker which is pretty i mean that's a lot he said you know cash game traffic's way down but that, that this is the phase of of a cleansing they want to yeah. just like in order to get better you kind of got it all right yeah the numbers the rake all this stuff's going to be down but it's going to be or it's going to be real people they want to get rid of huds where there's just you know basically basic you know you show the big blinds or some very basic stats but not in-depth huds and stuff and of course it's kind of like cat and mouse with the law right like the, the bad guys the good guys are always trying to like beat each other get ahead of each other and stay ahead of the curve obviously people have gotten better at poker but they're still still a great game there's a lot of variations there's there's a short deck now there's big card this five card that like poker is a timeless thing would you agree it's like what well, it used to be seven card stud five card draw then it's no limit hold them then it's plo now it's short deck so the game, there's always gonna be new games new variations and stuff going so from your perspective as one of the more successful and known cash game guys you know there's a lot of guys on twitch now that are um streaming multi-table tournaments we yeah. talked to me and you and i part of the reason you want to come to florida we're talking about some possible things and you're saying you'll be open to stream on twitch some potentially right you want yeah. to look at it considering see, it, yeah considering what do you got guys can we get some comments in the chat would you like to see dan jungle man streaming on twitch if yes like hit some comments hit some hearts put some comments in let's let's type something in the chat but let's just say that were to happen what do you feel the 
the uh, progression would be like, how big would that be if HUDs were eliminated and, you know, player names were just like new and it was, you know, not so predatorial. Do you think there could be a resurgence? I mean, you saw West Virginia just passed. I don't know if you saw that for, for it's a fifth state. Yeah. And there's yeah. some other stuff coming like USA Poker comes I back. You, I think you told me about West Virginia. Yeah. I'll keep you in the loop jungle. Stay. PBF is definitely in the loop. I'm dialed in. We're, we're in the matrix over here. So that all happens. Things go right. Cash games get back. It probably wouldn't be the same as 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, but all that said, would that be exciting? Do you think? Would that be like give it like a kick if like party poker they go playerless names um, or you know even just the huds are gone they cleared all the bots like what do you think about that for for poker and cash games? Do you think there could be a kickback kickback up in, in cash? I think a couple of things. I think uh, there there'll be some kind of kick. Uh, I think it's definitely moved in the right direction, and I also think it will prolong the longevity of poker. Uh, because part of what kills it is is like too much competitive edge, um, negating competitive, uh, negating potential competitive competitive edge like by removing software and whatever. Um, uh, definitely, it, it makes it lower. It equalizes the playing field a little bit, and I think it. it yeah, I think longevity is one of the uh, key. I, I think that is something that will happen more so than a kick. I think a little bit of a kick will happen. Like guys will be less afraid to go and try online because they're not as worried about, you know, uh, pros using all this crazy software and stuff like that while, uh, while playing. Um, uh, but I think, uh, mm, I think it's a little bit optimistic to imagine that it's going to, the poker scene is going to return to like, uh, I mean, I don't think it'll be quite anything like, like the good days, unfortunately. Uh, but hopefully, I hope so. Maybe the the U.S. market opens up, and uh, you know we get like a real poker boom or whatever. I think uh, you need more like you need more things that kind of communicate that the everyday person can win. Like that's something. Like you got to keep the dream alive. If the dream's not alive, then no one tries to. Uh, no one pursues the dream if the dream's not alive. Right. Right. So yeah. No. I th- okay. So for sure, that stuff will help a lot. Cleaning the bots obviously is always good, and then the HUDs and all that at the same time, kind of coming in. I think it would be. I think it'd be interesting. I definitely think it could. It could uh, all those factors um, with the states and the U.S. legalizing as well. I think it is a, a chance for another another shot. And again, it doesn't have to necessarily be the boom, but you want it to be fun. You want people to yeah, go on there and like sure. hop in a six max game and just feel comfortable. And you know, they want to have a good time. They can win or lose. It's not like playing roulette or blackjack where you're just lo- automatically losing you could have a you know you can have an edge you can do some stuff and you oh, can have sure. some fun so yeah. that's uh you definitely want poker to be fun yeah uh, yeah i think uh, even when i play live with these tournament guys all the time i think like who the fuck would watch a tournament like all these guys like sitting around saying standing like this and, and like tanking and stuff like that we need we need more yeah we need more fun input well for sure i mean listen the big blind annie in tournaments for example is huge it speeds the game up a lot makes yeah, things a lot simpler it's also nice because you can guys can be on their phone you know every hand you have to like you know do something so it now eliminates some some actual time you got guys speeds up the tournament um what else shot clock's cool i mean that seems like to be a really even now they're saying oh we'll do it right around the bubble or make the money, money. Yeah. but like do it earlier even like you know at the end like whatever six hours in four hours in or even from the start. I mean, there's all these things that are kind of important to help poker, uh, keep fresh, keep clean, keep, you know, fast shave day off a tournament. Cause guys don't want to go and play five day, four day tournament that are businessmen, you know, so have some one day turbos, two days, whatever. All this stuff is good. I mentioned to Dan about stake Kings as well. We may try to get Dan to post. Would you guys want to buy a little bit of action of Dan? If we ever got him on, maybe on a cash game, like a poker after dark, uh, that would be pretty fun. Cause 
you know, Stay Kings, we were talking. He likes the idea. You can literally go on. You can buy a piece of people, generally in tournaments, but for uh, cash games, you can do that as well. So for televised games, it's obviously easier. But I think anyone would buy a piece of Dan anytime for any game. But we're going to try to get like, you know, limited it maybe for like 100K buy-in, sell a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about that if Dan's open for it. That is on Stay Kings, and we do have some action ourselves up there. Uh, we're going to do the tweet draw for three 109 tickets. You're going to get it. Um, we're gonna do that as well, but let's get let's knock the the. Uh, do you use the restroom, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Dan's gonna go to the bathroom. Then we're gonna give you back in a second. Miss you, Jeff. What up, Dennis Sanchez? How are you, brother? Good to see you. We are gonna have a uh, we are gonna have some streams coming up during the Power Fest here. Actually, that's what I should pull up. Really, let's pull this up. The Power Fest as well. We could log in and just see what's going on today. There's some huge events on Party Poker. I, I'm gonna. I think we should do. I don't see the things I don't, I'm not looking to like call out Durr, you know, I'm not looking to like call out Durr and make it a scene, but, but I would, I would, what I would like to do is see that happen for them to get a table, a custom made table on party poker. Uh, that'd be pretty sweet to have them finish their thing out. Um, good. Thanks. Sending uh, good vibes for you, man. Appreciate you, Dennis Sanchez. I appreciate you. Um, let's see. We're going to, we're going to just tackle through here. We are just going to tackle on through here. I, I see. I honestly, I don't even know. There's so many great questions, but so three people are going to win a $109 ticket on party. We gave away the $320 ticket for Rob Young the other day. That was a great podcast. Rob wants to do once a month with us, which is a definitely a treat that that'd be great. We're hoping to do that. I'm just trying to see guys if we can. Yeah. Dan took a little break, which, you know, he needed to eat something. We got to, got to eat, got to feed the, feed the man. All right, Dan, you ready to tackle some questions? You got a little fuel on you? Yeah. This is a this has been a lot of positive vibes. A lot of people saying it's their favorite podcast yet. This is definitely enjoyable. I don't like to say favorite or not, you know. I got a lot of my a lot of a lot of legends. We're gonna a lot of a lot of great podcasting, but it doesn't matter. I'm glad you guys are having fun. Let's uh let's go let's get into it. So Ghost of M, make sure we're on the screen here. Can you see these? So here we go. Ghost of M, long time moderator, supporter, like a brother. He is asking, I want to know how Jungle perceives his TV persona. If he feels like he has mental game leaks or is he just being honest when he kind of rages in live settings? Like, I guess, the, I, so we talked about this. You said, I remember, well, I'll let you answer the question, but you did mention to me, you think you've gotten better with some like meditation, some other things just kind of with emotion, but how, how would you answer in terms of like your TV persona and all this? Like, do you feel, how would you answer that question? Uh, when I'm raging on TV, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just legit, totally raging. Um, but I have been working on that quite a bit because occasionally I've had some bad, uh, I've had some bad behavior on the tables, like throwing cards and stuff like that. Um, I've been meditating quite a lot. Actually, I should meditate. I should meditate more. It seems like it's had a pretty considerable effect lately. Um, uh, but it's hard to prove, but my behavior has gotten like a lot better since, since, uh, trying to work on that more actively. It, it has been a bit of a process. It wasn't like overnight. What, just, what's like, your throwing cards? And even now I throw cards occasionally, it, like really fucking tilted sometimes. 
But uh, it's kind of frustrating, right? Like, yeah, like when car when stuff's just breaking so bad, or you're in such good spots, or you understand like a situation so well, and it's just like someone gets bailed out, or you know, well, it's, it's more like uh, it, it's it's not just that. It's more like, for example, uh, um, like last winter, I was slowly losing a million dollars over the week, and I'm listening to like another guy just gloat constantly. Who I think's not who's who, who uh, I'm not real. No one's really happy that he's winning. For multiple reasons, I've heard I've heard some of that. I, I know in Bobby's room, there's like hours of that shit. Yeah, there's someone too. Like they'll complain when they lose a hand or up like a lot, and they'll like lose this one hand, and like people are stuck huge, and it's like you they lose one hand. It's like they were head on, and like they're winning and running hot, and they complain or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's. Let me think. There's certain things like if someone's losing and they whine, it doesn't bother me much at all, actually. If someone does that and whines, depending on how they do it, it's like super fucking annoying. Um, right. Actually, I find gloating. I personally find gloating when winning really annoying. When I think that the person's just running really hot or whatever, uh, or just in general, I find like people saying shit when they win much more annoying than vice versa. And right. I, I had some. To be fair, I had some issues like that in the past, and I realized, wait a second, this is really fucking annoying. You gotta, I've gotta just say nothing, right? When I win, not a fucking thing. Someone uh, over here in the, in the live chat asking, uh, would you teach your child to play poker? You said you eventually would like children, right? At some point, you think that's uh, yeah, eventually. Um, would you teach your? Would you teach them to play? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe a. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to see what it's like in the future because that's true. That's a great point. Cause in 10, you're talking about like 15, like, 20 years from now, actually that's yeah. the funny part, right? Cause it's like, they would be 15 if they were born tomorrow. Like you don't want them playing before that. So like in 20 years, is poker going to be a thing? Is it like, I mean, look at esports now and what's going on. Things I, are, I think they should do things that, that would be like mentally stimulating that are interested in. Right. I, mean, I think that would be important at least. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, no, that's a tricky question. I had to ask about that. I, I, I had my son's about a month out. I don't know. Like, I, would I, if he's interested in poker, sure, I'll talk to him about it. But in 20 years, I mean, I might not even know what, you know, like, I might not even be someone to talk to about poker. But don't worry. We're, I plan to be in this game for a long time. Uh, great pod, man. Thank you, man. Would you teach? That was a question. Uh, likewise, Dennis, good to see you. Uh, anyone jungle feels that holds over you? Like, he thinks not this guy again. I can't see anyone holding over, but curiosity. Like, so yeah, is there someone that, like, not necessarily saying they're not good or, they're better or worse, but just someone that like seems because I have a couple guys at, at least in like the tournament circuit or over the years that in even some high stakes cash games where they've like run hot on me where I'm just like man this is crazy like they win flips or they cooler me or they suck out or whatever. Is there some guy that just kind of seems to have your number not necessarily better or worse that just like a guy that over time has got your number? Um, did, are you saying like, someone that's got your number or someone that's got that's running really hot against you because those are kind of different things. True. I guess to answer the guy's question and answer, please don't call me his question. Anyone jungle feels holds over him. Like he thinks not this guy again. Um, like, I don't know how you would, however you would interpret that question or a couple ways. I mean, I'm not asking you to say who you think is great at poker or better than you or any of that. So like, you know, cause you, even if you did feel there was someone, you probably don't want to necessarily like say that to like give them that power. Yeah. So like, I, w- I would just say even someone that just kind of won some big pots over you or even historically has run well against you. That you um, I think sometimes I've like wonder, I think a lot of the times when I'm playing live in the back of my head, I'm like kind of tracking the quality of the decisions against me. Actually, some VIPs are just totally like the uh, soul, uh, like just totally peered into my soul and really got me good. 
Uh, it's super random. Like, just it, it tilts me so hard when VIPs do that. I think, did I give up like a live tell or something? I, I do it live when I when I play when I'm playing literally to like scan for live tells. I'm watching constantly at least my own actions to not give away uh, live tells. I'm watching other people a bit too, but it's like uh, mostly I'm more playing defense. I would say. Like I'm paying attention to how I'm shuffling the chips and how I put the chips into the pod and right. It's, like ca- it's kind it's of like, funny because you like to the point of the multi-table tournament guys or things and like not being a robot, but like there is you know someone especially with such an extensive online background where you're more online than live. Like yeah. you have to pay attention. You know you do want to kind of be you gotta you gotta be careful with something because like there are guys that are pretty smart sharp about you know where like in a close spot they may like lean on a tell sure. which is you know it sounds kind of funny but it's true i mean there is a lot that is part of poker even though it's yeah you, you should be careful though i don't really know how much value there is in doing that just because um yeah it's at some point it's like really hard to break down exactly like how what it means when someone's like shuffling the chips and like whether they're yeah, no, the chips course, or whatever. but it could be something like like obvious like where they announce their bet like if someone's like, I mean, the generally not a pro is going to have this problem, but like, like if some guy, some guy could do something super weird or like funny or how he, you know, like if they're not a professional. Like oh, you oh really yeah. It's more, it's more relevant when they're not a professional right? or when the, it's when things are outside of someone's awareness. Um, it's, it's more, I think more tells or there's sometimes you get tells from people who are like really nervous. Mm-hmm. I like that happens, but also tells happen more. I think when people just aren't really paying attention and not trying very hard. I think uh, when they start trying hard and thinking about all their actions and things like that, yeah, then you're not going to get too many tells. Um, or generally, it's good. It, you could get tells, but it's hard uh, for it's harder. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, against less experienced players, they they give away more tells because they don't know what to think about it and stuff like that. Sometimes timing matters and stuff like that, just because like if you yeah, I mean. Just stuff matters. There's things. There's stuff going on. Stuff is, uh, yeah. Ghost of M, man, legend again. Got to get good question here. Do you have an opinion on the the current trends and anti company sentiment of players regarding rake changes, etc.? Do you think poker players have realistic expectations of poker operators? You know, obviously, you know, I moved over um, myself representing. I was with Stars. Now I'm with Party. Very happy. Very in line with Rob Young and the movement and what's going on there. And a lot of things. Is things I wasn't really in tune with that I now see and I, I see party poker really kind of has the heart of the players and really doing a lot of great stuff. Yeah, but that's, you think, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, are you, you, you're a party poker fan or what do you like? What's I'm mostly it? a party poker fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, but in, in terms of, do you think players have realistic expectations? Cause it is true that poker players seem to always want to, it, it's always they want more and it's complaining but like an operator there's businesses these sites have to make money they have to make some decisions like do you think it's realistic to answer um, goes to Marco's question here uh, do you think p- people have realistic expectations you know what? I actually think that's an interesting question partly because I think what's interesting is the dynamic between poker players and the companies and the how people respond and how like I think that overall dynamic is interesting just to see like what exactly is like what, what exactly is like the fair equilibrium or whatever is it just it, should ethics come into the picture um should uh yeah like should where does ethics fall into the picture and like or should uh, uh companies just like purely look out for their own incentives only to the point where they care about ethics enough where they're making money or things like that i think that part is really interesting but a totally another uh a much more complicated conversation and a much more difficult way to think about things. I think that um, 
I think that... I guess actually my answer should be a little bit relevant to what I just said. Um, I think that poker players do have... I think they have optimistic uh, expectations because it's a little bit of a long shot to expect a company to look out for the majority's best interest. Um, It's like, why would they do that? Like, why... it, it, It just seems as though... You know, you just hope that they're going to treat you well. Um, that's just not going to necessarily going to be the case. Uh, so, and I think poker players, I think, I think they tend to feel as though they're owed something or whatever when that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. That has a bit to do with what I said, but the, to say whether they are owed something or whatever because of why is, is really complicated and and like a like a like a, almost like a deeper question. Um, we can always do multiple podcasts. You know, Rob Young wants to come on once a month. Jungle, you're always open. We can always do this again. You're going to be coming to Miami hopefully more now. Yeah, well, hanging I out. like Miami. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I we like can always... with you and... Yeah, it's good, uh, man. Uh, we can always do more of these. So, yeah, I don't want to go too deep. But I, I get... I, I, you answer the question. I think it, it makes yeah. sense. You know, we don't want to go down a rabbit hole like crypto or something with like... And it's like it's, a, it's like a topic in itself. Of I think... Like a, yeah. So... Um, I, I, I want to say one more thing is I think that the... The degree to which poker sites do get repeat business should be related to that, but I couldn't like tell you exactly like how much ethics and like really what their their proper way of doing things really. Uh, I, I don't know the line between. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know the line between where ethics and yeah. I, I would just say I don't know the line between where ethics and their own incentive comes into play. Mm-hmm. Just that they will cert- should certainly consider as far as like attracting more customers um did were you did i cut you off or anything nope perfect i I think that's a good answer and it is a complex it's a bit complex uh, situation i think it's a very interesting thing to investigate but it's also like so nebulous uh to like get real answers that uh i can't i couldn't give concrete answers beyond those things right are you answered about the short deck obviously you like it and you that's a popular game now and you're in tune to it you answered that already where do you feel most comfortable playing online poker or live poker and why good question lady floppy uh where do i play most most comfortable playing live poker i think i think in las vegas probably uh, wherever I can get a massage. You like to get a massage while Yeah, playing. yeah. I'm notorious. I, I spend too much money on massages, maybe. I'm just constantly getting them in. 2018, how much money do you think you spend on massages? Is it even estimate? Can you estimate it? Uh, $20,000 or something, maybe? It's a lot. Like over 10, 100 million. Should have come to the Rio Millions in, uh, in, in the. Uh, I, I and it, was, it was less than a dollar a minute there. And the, really? Yeah, it's like that'd be a. You'd save some money, Jungle. Yeah, I would. Uh, I almost came. I almost came, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I don't want to fly to Brazil and then fly to Europe and like whatever." But um, fly to yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just I, I just thought it was too much flying, basically. Right. Which well, is, you didn't know about the the eighty cents a minute at the table massage. Yeah, if you told me that, I might have done you it. You might have come. Now you know. Um, did you ever think about returning to the University of Maryland to resume your studies in economics? Act asks uh, Lucas Geo. Uh, I have thought about returning to University of Maryland. Maryland, but I don't think I'd study economics because actually, on second thought, I don't think it's so useful. Um, I I think I'd be much more interested in studying business or something, probably business. Business is really interesting. Okay, great. 
Uh, Hag Million. You have faced the best poker professionals among them. You had two epic matches with Victor Blom and Tom Dwan. Would you consider... Whom do you consider a more complete player? Victor or Tom Dwan? More complete. Look at this. That's a pot stirring question. You know, looking yeah, to choose one. We can do some pot stirring questions that are fairly innocent. Okay. Like this. I, I like fairly innocent pot stirring questions. Yeah, it's just fun. Actually, I, I kind of like pot stirring questions, but I don't like to cause it. It's just entertaining. <laughs> um, Listen, I'm, I'm going to make it. In this I'm, case, I don't mind. Okay. So, what do you think on this? Uh, well, in this case, uh, I think. I'm trying to think of it. What by complete? What do they mean? They mean who's better or what? We could. I could contact Pike Million on Twitter and ask, or we could just you know take well, it. Take I it think, for what you think it's worth. I just, think Victor's better in terms of sheer skill and talent or whatever. Um, like he definitely he's he's learning in a way that shows he's super aware and like very mentally invested in in the game. Uh, overall, he's better. Yeah, although he's maybe. A little bit more reckless with his life decisions than Thomas. Uh, uh, I mean, Tom's not the most clean in that department either. Right. I was. I, mean, I just was with poker players like great at making life decisions. I don't, it doesn't depends. I was just. I just saw Victor in Brazil. He's got a nice Brazilian girlfriend. I was just with him there. You know, apparently everyone's getting. Uh, yeah, maybe it was a good thing I didn't go to Brazil. I told Dan he when he's ready to like finally when it's all said and done he wants to have kids and shut it down you know it's a Brazil's that seems to be a Venus trap for for poker players currently there's a there's a handful of my closest friends are either married engaged or dating Brazilians but uh yeah that's a whole nother thing you know maybe stay away from Brazil at the moment it's not the worst thing Dan uh I've still got something going on going on with my girlfriend and whatever but it's true. Or I mean, an open relationship or whatever. Open relationship. Fair enough. So that's, yeah, like I said, there, you know, down the line, you're, you're 29. You got time for, for, uh, for kids and all the other series, you know, you, you hit 30 yet at 32 over here. It's uh, you got plenty of time. The, this question, what is your, Oh, I said Chris Robinson asked, what is the turning point for you in your poker career and took your game from that of a recreational player to a big time pro? So actually, I want to elaborate even on that question. We talked about a bit, but when you won the tournament, you were minus 5,000 to start down. You worked McDonald's, made a thousand for a month. Was there, did you hop in? When did you kind of dive into like the tools of the game or studying or when did, how did that come? I guess kind of tack, tack um, on that. During all that time I was studying thing and from studying things online and whatever, uh, I was reading books like I read like Bill Brunson's Super System. You I read, read the whole thing? Uh, not the whole thing, just the Nolan parts. Uh, I read a, a Phil Hummett's book first, actually, about with the poker animals and all that stuff. The poker animals? I yeah, he talks one. about like the poker animals. Like there's like a lion and the mouse. The mouse who like if the mouse like squeaks, you want to you want to run away. Or the elephant who like, plays loose passive. I have not. I have not seen that. That helmet is actually going to be one of our podcasts coming up. How, how would you, but I can't, man, there's so many things that are coming to mind. So real quickly, how would you rate like a Brunson super system, which is sort of the Bible of poker, but obviously way long ago. How would you say some of those books like Helmuth's stuff, his, his literature and Doyle Brunson's in these books? Like now, obviously there's sites like Razor Edge, there's Solvers, there's these all kinds of crazy stuff, which is where the game is today. But like for a beginner, would you, would there any, any merit to reading some of these old literature? Or is it just so outdated? it would almost maybe put you in a bad spot maybe uh maybe it would be just to get like uh a little bit of a history or like a, a like an understanding of what it would be more entertaining than like trying to look at some simulations or something like if you were taking poker to a serious level uh probably you'd want to study some simulations or something if you're trying to like 
enjoy the process of learning a little bit more. Uh, I don't think simulations are going to appeal to uh, many people, but that's like, that's like the real stuff is like learning how to do that stuff. Uh, that where you, where it's just all like the pure value of, uh, of learning. Right. It's tough. It's tough. It's, uh, it's me, a, it can be quite overwhelming. It's a complicated game these days. Um, that's for sure. Uh, okay. Are so you showing the monker solver. I'm going to show them in a bit, a little bit of something that I use, and maybe you can touch on it a bit that, that I've been working on a bit for. It's it's pretty advanced. Like that's not saying that they would say someone to like pop on and wants to learn poker necessarily. Or do you think that someone could learn with that? Pretty is that a decent way to start, or is it just too advanced? I think that's probably too advanced. Like no, at least for like people are going to look at this and 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 think it's like Chinese. Yeah, uh, well, I, we might not so even talk about like that. The, huh? Yeah, I, I, I may not even go into that. I just wanted to pull it up and show. Um, there was uh that there is some other advanced stuff but that could be something maybe after like a couple months or of some some basic understanding you could then dive into yeah yeah i i think so too um but i do i should say that the training sites are very helpful that might be like in between that would that would be like someone who's quite serious about learning and uh they're going to quickly refer the people to the simulations, but right. uh, that's probably a good start as to these days, if someone was quite serious to go on training sites, like uh, um, I'm trying to think of all the names. I know Doug Polk has got a site. I know Phil Gelfand's got a site. I know uh, Chance has a site too. I could show you guys. There's also the one yeah, I, I use, them all. the one I use is raise your edge, but that's, that's like the Ben CB 79 Stefan Sondheimer, Fedor, kind of crew that, i didn't even know those guys on a site yeah well i mean so no the, i mean those are sort of the the guys that i have all this is listed below um but like fedor gives endorsement pa- uh, pads patrick leonard i mean these are uh I'm trying to find where i mean uh, this is a newly designed course but yeah that, that's basically like who like the tar- the main guys that they're not doing the course they're yeah. but they're they're endorsing it and that's like the crew yeah this guy ben cb uh seven eight. here's some of the guys you know that show that who have done the the uh, the course, um, but anyway. So I mean, it's there's there's a lot of advanced. Yeah, see, there's there's Fedor. I mean, those are some of the bigger poker tournament guys that endorse it. Um, but anyway, there, there's a bunch of this type of stuff uh, out there, and that's the one. That's one again that I use, and we're the one we were talking about as well is Range Converter, which or the Monk. This, is, this has to do with Monker work, but these are you know. There's more expensive, more advanced, probably someone you would need help to show you how to use it or how to apply it. It wouldn't just be like, oh, I'm going to get it and like learn how to. No one can just talk into this and learn how to use this shit. Right. It's, it's in, it's, uh, it's intense, but this is something I use. Um, yeah, actually Brian Rass and I did a YouTube video on it and explaining it in one of the spots. Um, but anyway, I, I have, a. You know, I, I have an arrangement with them. If you guys always on my website, I do have stuff so you can check it out. Like I have, uh, you know, some discount stuff. But again, I would never recommend someone today. You're watching the podcast. You want to learn poker. Go fire this and good luck out there. Um, that is not not what we're suggesting. So anyway, uh, back to the question, because I get sidetracked. And I get fired up. Jungle turning point in your poker career. Uh, turning point, definitely winning that tournament for $5,000, quite a turning point, as silly as it says. I mean, I've had multiple turning points, actually. Uh, I mean, Black Friday was a big turning point, and for better or worse, more like a weird turning point. Mostly, probably not for better. Uh, <laughs> uh, learning the Sims, actually, studying simulations was a big turning point. Uh, I was, like, struggling that particular year, 
And then ever since studying the simulations, what year was that? Ten, nine? No, that was in 2015. Oh, okay. When I when I had some issues, and studying the simulations really taught me a lot. Like I saw saw them and thought, whoa, these these things are teaching me so much. This actually makes a lot of sense and whatever. Let let me ask you in this because this is very interesting to me. You got people out there have different types of brains and learning capabilities and whatnot. Obviously, you're you're a highly intelligent person. No one's going to argue that. when you say learn the Sims, yeah. what type of, like, so for myself, for example, let's just take an example. I'm a successful, good poker player, knowledgeable, a lot of experience, could do a lot more work diving into the, the deep areas of the game. If you were to give me a blueprint, for example, what percent of it is jungle man that you're just like a, a genius and you can really study, like understand and, and process information well? Because obviously you watching the information you studied and someone at home doing it it's going to process differently or be able to apply it differently. How, what, what attributes or what makes unique for you? Do you think you're able to take this information and use it say better than other people? Cause other people are using this. There's other people running sims, other people doing stuff that are good. Like what, what do you think is that different separating factor for you? Why are you able to do so well with it? What combination, like how would you kind of, do you see what I'm saying? What makes you able to, to use information so effectively? Good question. I think part of it is just being immersed to really like, I mean, for a long, I mean, just, yeah, I think just, uh, at least for a while, I was like totally obsessed and like, you know, I'd go to sleep and think about poker every day and things like that. Um, that would be a pretty major factor. Give me an example. What, what, when you were studying Sims or whatever, your solvers and things that you're working on, um, what type of day would that be? Would you like, what type of playing, um, percent playing and studying would you say is a breakdown give me like a typical jungle man day during your time of the most study you ever did the most study the most study was uh i remember i put in like a hundred hours or something no not in a week more like two weeks or something studying Piosolver or something um like i mapped a couple like heads up situations or whatever and then i started running some six max uh, spots for the Pio Solver and thought, whoa, these all these spots are totally different. Uh, I didn't play like this at all, and actually, it does make sense because of this, this, and that. And then that, that's probably, I guess, part of it, right? Understanding it, like it's one thing to watch and show you. Then it's like, why did it work? Because then you can apply it in other spots or similar situations. If you just like, oh, this is that spot. There's like a million different scenarios, and like you're not really gonna like learn by seeing one spot you have to like yeah. understand why is this happening yeah, yeah i would understand like yeah i mean well for for studying that stuff you mostly just you want to run enough so that you you figure out you can start predicting what what it'll do if you run a certain spot um which at some point i, I predicted to some extent but i mean like now even now if i was to go and look into a spot like I, you would definitely see some things that I would definitely like be surprised by some things and whatever. And how much is that changing from say 2015, the stuff you looked at, if you looked at it right now, is there, I mean, there's updates, there's different variations, like also population tendencies can change and stuff spots. Like oh, what, sure. what kind of uh, update, like how, how, uh, how important is that to like do a revamp or a retune like of, of those type of informations? Uh, it depends how serious you're trying to take it. If you're trying to like beat the toughest games in line, you better have your shit together and like, you know, be, you know, no sunlight lockdown mode uh, <laughs> and hit the simulations and have charts and shit on your computer. But uh, yeah. if you're playing like live or playing like tournaments or whatever, I don't think it's really that important. Like that, 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 uh, that stuff is, it would get, it would get you an extra edge to study or whatever, but it would be like, I mean, there, you probably, 
don't need to do it too, too much. And to, if you could predict the sims a little bit, predict what, what they'll output, um, that's probably enough. Uh, and like, just be conscious of like population tendencies and stuff like that. Um, 2015, so you're during your peak study, percentage of studying versus playing, what would you say? Like what, during like a, what, what would you say at your height, your height of studying? Well, I mostly didn't study um, and I struggled quite a bit in 2015. Uh, it was it was probably mostly playing until like the end of the that year, and, and during the end of the year, I had some success. So you basically said, you know what, this isn't working. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. You sat there, you, you dived out, and then you you started studying and, and looking, analyzing some of your stuff. Yeah, doing it. That's got to be a little frustrating, right? Yeah. To be playing, you like playing; it's fun. And now you're like, well, I'm not winning, or I'm not doing as well as I think I should. And now I have to, you know, now I have to dive out and do that so that's got it that that takes a lot of discipline too to be able to like really buckle in and, and just yeah. stop playing as much yeah it took it took discipline to start in the first place and to i mean it probably takes discipline to study some more i didn't study a super large amount of time depending on i mean i studied it somewhere over 200 hours i estimate uh at least over yes yeah, i'm not sure it's less than 300 but uh yeah, once I started studying, I just saw that there were some things that I didn't that that I learned from it that I thought, wait a second, this thing is fucking teaching me. Uh, this is interesting stuff. Yeah, it's, and that's got to be too. Part of it is like not fun to like set it up to find the stuff to figure out how to study effectively. Once you kind of get what makes sense and how it works, and it's really applying it, then it's like, all right, this is cool. You know, it's like a good book. Like you see a thousand page book, you could pick it up. It's like, oh shit, I got to start. But once you kind of get going in it, if it's really good, it's like, all right, you know. Then I, I would imagine, you know, I haven't done, uh, I've done some, I've done with the work of like, I haven't dived into this deep, deep solver rabbit hole. I haven't gone, but I know, I know the razor edge work and done some study and done some charts, understand the game. There's, there's a lot of different levels of what you can do, but you know, in terms of like the deep, deep dive, you know, that's a, it is a, it's a big, there's a big platform out there. I mean, there's a lot of information. Like, would you say, how would you rate yourself in that? And like, in terms of some of the elite guys, there's no, there's no secret like Bonomo, Fedor, um, you know, Dan, these guys that are elite players. Some of them say like bring Kenny, I know says doesn't really do, um, mm -hmm. doesn't really study much or says he doesn't whatever right but like in terms of you would probably put yourself up there as one of the more knowledgeable and, and worked hard on your game I would say is that fair too or do you think it's like in terms of natural ability versus studying I think I I think I already had some natural ability to be honest I think uh, I think some people have worked like a lot harder um, uh, but you know like no matter how much natural ability you really have you still want to study at least a little bit um and you don't want to like rely on like what is your natural ability because like, like how do you measure that? You, you don't know how, like right. how truly natural you are if you're playing in like a competitive environment. You want to like put your best foot forward. I mean, and then even if you are, you do have a lot of natural talent. Combine that with with uh, with some real effort, and then that could be like a pretty big com combination. Uh, I think Justin Bonomo studies quite a bit. I don't think Fedor does that much, but I don't really know. Uh, playing with Fedor, it doesn't seem that much, but he, he's got more of like the, the, the talent thing going on. I think. Yeah, I love how you call him Fedor. Fed, Fed, Fedor. I like that. That's funny. Maybe I think it's Fedor, but either oh. way, it's funny. How you say? I like how you say it. it sounds official anyway. Um, that's funny. Uh, what is your favorite city to play poker? Asked Peter Kasai. Favorite um, city. It's also kind of interesting. Is it live? Is it online? I don't know. What do you like? My favorite city. Yeah, let's just knock well, it off. Well, is it just is my favorite city or my favorite city? To let's play do both. Let's give Peter 
Kitai, Kasai, a treat jungle. Let's tell them both. Your favorite city for poker, your favorite city live. What's your favorite city to grind online? All of the above. Give me three. Favorite overall city to travel to. I like New York a lot, but it doesn't have that much poker, really. Okay. So, but a great city. I, I would agree. Yeah. That's one of the best. All right. What about for poker? Like, there's a stop, Barcelona, uh, Monaco. What, where, what's like a fun city? Not Monaco. Maca- somewhere in, in China, Asia. Like, is there any stops? You're like, all right, there's a series going on. I'm going to that. Uh, I like Montenegro quite a bit. That's everyone says that the Triton, right? That's yeah. like a fun. That's coming up in May. That's a big one. I don't know if that's my favorite though. So I heard uh, it's beautiful. I haven't yeah. been there. It is. Um, okay. So that and then what about like to grind? If you're like, all right, I'm gonna go lock myself. Not lock, you know good restaurants, but I can play online poker. If all the sites like anyone you like, Vancouver, Montreal, anywhere in particular that's like great to like grind poker and that you like. Vancouver would be good. Uh, Vancouver, I, I, I've been there. It's really nice. Um, I can imagine that being a really nice place to play online or something. That's one of the nicest cities to go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of contenders. Really, there's lots of nice cities out there. Yeah, for sure. Give me biggest biggest cash game pot you've ever won and lost, both live and online. Give me the give me a online biggest pot you ever won. I know very well the biggest pot I ever lost. Yeah, that's how I think that's true for everyone. I don't know, like I don't know if I could even tell you my biggest cash pot. I know my biggest loss, but unfortunately, I can't say the one that I, the I lost biggest. I can only say privately. Okay. Um, that's I, I'm lucky. I get jungle. He gives like ninety eight percent, but the extra two percent. So I know we have that you know uh, circle I'm, of trust. I will say that uh, in two thousand eleven, I once lost like nine hundred something thousand dollars. But that's not my biggest loss. And was it was it in a in a session or in a hand? That was in a session. Okay, what about one hand? Do you know? One hand? The biggest loss. Live or online. What could it possibly be? Uh I know I know I know it, not from the conventional sites. It's very clear. Um let me think if I can explain it like a little bit. Uh I don't think I want to say the amount. Okay. You don't have to, of course. Don't. Give a ball, you can give maybe ballparks for either live or online. What about like live? What's the biggest live pot you've won or lost? Surely lost live. Like, uh, I'm sure I've lost like, no. We stumped the jungle. Do you know how hard this is in poker? This is that, this is like, this is one that I would think you would know your biggest win or loss. Like in, in a live cash game. You I know remember. some big wins. Just give it roughly. It doesn't have to be the biggest. Give me like one that you remember that's like. I'm, I remember like one where I won. In a in like an Asian game where I three bet pre flop either yeah I think I either three bet or four bet pre flop the flop was like ace uh, like seven seven or something and I bet and the guy check raises I have aces I'm just like what is going on right now and uh, I call and whatever the guy goes all in uh, I forget how I think I and I call he's got like a seven he's, and I just cleared the absolute shit out of him uh, this was a really massive game. Uh, I probably won my personal share wouldn't have been this but uh, maybe the size of the pot would be like 3 million US no it was probably bigger than that actually but maybe what I won was something like that wow that must have been a crazy feeling of aces full like you're like wow and, and you just and you just get it and you just and what did that feel like to win that big of a pot did you is it was it a natural like was it like a milestone moment you're like wow that was crazy like this is crazy a little bit euphoric yeah yeah uh and I feel like I don't know if that's the biggest pot I ever won. The biggest pot I ever lost was a short deck pot. And I don't want to elaborate on where, okay. but it was just uh, or how. But it was just um, I had kings 
And this guy three bets me and we're super deep. We're like over 200 anties deep. And the way that he three bets in my head, I just thought that this guy does not have aces. So I just move all in for over two, like 250 anties deep or something insane. Um, uh, I don't think I would say how big this pot was. But uh, anyway, we got all in on the fl- we got all in preflop. The flop was like ace king something. Oh my goodness! And the turn um, was it was just whatever. But basically, the guy had two outs, and they like was trying to buy insurance, and it was like uh, whatever. I wanted to buy like small insurance, and then I don't know if I ended up buying small insurance or not because I got confused about some detail. I, I normally don't buy insurance, but this one was just so big that I thought I should. Then of course he hits an ace in the river. And uh, get ace queen or something, or ace get ace king. king, ace king, ace king, ace king versus kings in short deck isn't oh like small, it's like I've got like he's got like 43% or something. Oh, like really? That. So, okay, so no, I got sure. it in with 57% equity. Uh, but after the flop, you were in pretty damn good shape. That that pot, uh, was very painful. It makes me think actually, some no, some of the biggest wins must have been bigger than what I told you, but. I don't remember specifically, and maybe they were in similar games, basically. Okay, that's fair this enough. This one was bigger. This one was much bigger than three million. Let's say that. The, uh, what about the tilt, like on that, like the how, the, the high, the low? You must. I mean, that's got to be. That's got to be. That's got to be like the the feeling of winning versus that. Like it's that one hurt a little bit, but it, it's kind of like stuff like that doesn't. It, what tilts me a lot more is if I make like a big mistake mm-hmm. rather than like just something really unlucky. Like that right. was really unlucky, but it was so big that it, it was like, oh, fuck. That, right. that, that would have been a nice one to get. Uh, and uh, it also helped that I was that I was winning that day. Okay. So Yeah, it wasn't like... Uh, I was again. running pretty hot overall. Uh, Damn. How do you think you've run overall EV-wise, like in, just in poker, like uh, from like your expected EV? Like I think over- maybe somewhat hot. It's hard to say. No, I think I've run somewhat hot, yeah. Uh, okay. Just because at like really big games, I think I run pretty hot. All right, Ghost, I'm asking, what do you think? Sorry, we're taking a lot of Ghost Fem questions, but that is our lead mod, and uh, him and Vadrian get you know triple gold star. We're gonna we're gonna take some more of this stuff. Jungle's very thorough. I love his answers, but we pro- we're not gonna get to answer everyone's questions because there are a lot. We could always do a. I mean, this is just too many. So we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna scroll through these, but uh, quickly, I want to ask as well. What do you think about the fact that people are afraid of bots in the games? Does do you think it's a real risk to online poker today? Is it overblown or a big problem for the future? I mean, again, Rob Young just said ten thousand bots removed on party. It's pretty scary, but it's also that's reassuring. But it's scary to think there's that many that got removed and like where that's going on. So how how do you, what's your feeling on bots and poker and just uh, overall? I think they're definitely a threat. I think. I mean, I know, yeah, definitely don't want to be playing with bots. And I'm, I think Party Poker's taking uh, good steps to uh, remove the bots. He's, uh, Party Poker's done a good job of that. I think Poker Stars has actually done quite a good job of cleaning up the games mm-hmm. as well, even though it's like a little bit understated. That, I think, specifically, po- Poker, uh, Party Poker does, I mean, uh, Poker Stars does very well. Um, uh, yeah, those are definitely a threat. Mm-hmm. And bots, bots are real. There's there's uh, bots posing as people on the internet all the time. You got to watch out. All right, there you go. You heard, the, you heard it. Uh, what would make you say it's too high to play one two live with the two hundred? What rate would you say? Oh, interesting. What about the rate question? What do you think it was for a live cash game one two two hundred dollar buy in? What percent would you say is too high to play a rate game? Uh, percent of what rate would you say? Like for so in. <clears throat> I think uh, get the like a live game maybe. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Live. That's a good question. I think it. The ricking. So ten. 
I would think if they're raking something like over $10 an hour, that's like pretty high rake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there aren't going to be too many winners if they're, if the rake's over $10 an hour. Okay. Uh, uh, I guess there could be some winners, but not by that much. Mm -hmm. What is the high, uh, biggest, Oh, someone, oh, we just answered that biggest ever loss in one session. I mean, that's kind of like the biggest cash pot. I oh, guess. I know. I know my biggest loss. I think, well, actually I've probably lost. Oh, uh, yeah. The one loss I gave is kind of good. I've probably lost over a million dollars in a couple sessions too, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. What, what's your plans for the WSOP this summer? You're going to be in Vegas. The game is playing cash tournaments, a little everything. I'll be in Vegas. Yeah. I'll be playing cash as usual. Yeah. But some, what tournaments might you play? Will you hop in like one of the 50 K's or hundred K tournament just to Oh, um, there's one tournament uh, called, there's like one 50K tournament, the uh, the Poker Players Championship. It's like a big ego battle between the Bobby's Room guys. They all like bet against each other and things mm -hmm. like that. So you'll play that? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you're playing more cash games with some tournaments. Uh, yeah. More cash games? Some, some tournaments. I don't, I don't like them too much, but whatever someone just asked we did cover this how long do you think the dirt challenge will last i mean so if you had to bet today what's the odds that it finishes officially do you think it'll finish or no i think it will finish officially you will so where yeah, would you where i would, would bet high odds it'll finish officially but it depends on what officially it's yeah a little bit i will ask you do you think that the, the fifty thousand hands get played online Is that oh on? i don't think that will happen no i think there's a low chance but i think uh, there's a high chance it will get settled okay. like a very high chance but you would be open if Party Poker made a dome or a, a jungle man or a jungle man. I mean, you had to get the guy. I, I, like he said, you know, uh, he says he wants to play and then he just doesn't do it. Uh, so what, what am I going to say? I can't make him play or anything. But yes, of course I want to play. And you'd be? Would you be good with that if Party Poker was the official? Uh, the, he he likes. He's in the Triton stuff. He plays over there. Party Poker and Triton are tied together. That would be. You would be okay if it was on Party Poker. There was a arena made for you. Of course, yeah. You endured to finish your fifty thousand challenge. You would accept that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred million percent. What I want to play. What uh, I was winning. I won one point four million in like twenty thousand hands. I want to win. I want to win the rest. Right. Well, I like rest. you. I like what I know about dirt. <laughs> there it is. Party poker. Let's get a table set up to finish the fifty thousand jungle man dirt challenge. You accept that if we can get that done? Fuck yeah! What do you? Of course. All right, you heard it first. Let's see if uh, let's see if we can make that happen. Um, there you go. So let's see if that happens. How much do you think Phil Helmings is actually worth? That's a question. Eric Beck. Wow. Eric Beck just calling out Helmuth for a net worth uh, shot. What do you do? You have an, this guy, net worths are kind of funny in poker, but like, what, Helmuth, what, what do you think? Well, give me your Helmuth. You know, Helmuth is a, he's such a special guy as well. What's your Helmuth? Give me a little Helmuth story or what's your take on Helmuth and his game or anything? Like, would you, are you a Helmuth fan? You get a beer with them? Are you guys buddies? Do you think, you know, I, I'm a to, kind of, I'm a little bit of a Helmuth fan. I mean, I think that. I mean, I think his poker antics are a little bit ridiculous, but, uh, you know, he's otherwise quite a nice guy. I, he's actually, I, I would actually say he's very nice in person. Yeah, me too. I uh, would too. He's special, but I just spent some time with him real. I, we get to hang out every now and again. I always enjoy his, uh, his time. He is definitely a very unique and, and interesting person. I think his, uh, his, his little media stunts or whatever they, whatever you'd call them are pretty entertaining too. Yeah. Most of them. He get comes in and he's like the poker king. Doing with like Samba or some ridiculous thing. I think one time he was walking in with like a bunch of girls carrying him on like a, like with like wearing like a crown and like a yeah Caesar's like type thing yeah for the World Series. I, I don't remember. Maybe it was for the World Series, but I feel like I remember that one. Um, so someone asked, what do you think he's actually worth? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a personal question slash like remark. I don't know. I feel like that could get taken out of context, whether, you know, but yeah. I don't know. I, I, 
don't know if you want to answer that. Probably. That one I really don't know. Yeah, that's. Uh, a, I think it could be. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, should I answer that? <laughs> we can get back to it. I'm not. I, I I think it's funny, just like a random, like someone at randomly asking someone's net worth. I mean, it's kind of like a funny question, right? Because <laughs> it's like if you say something, it could could take it the wrong way. Like you know, if you guess and it's like lower than what it really is, you might think, oh, you're selling me short. But I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. Well, you don't need to answer could, that. Could tilt Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we could leave it. We don't need to do that one. Think about it. We'll come back to it. Um, what's the background behind your Jungle Man name? We saw. We already did cover that. You mentioned that you got that nickname back in the day. You used to have more hair. Someone just gave you the the name Jungle. It rhymes. Yeah. Jungle Man Dan. I like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's stuck. Um, are you excited about the future of poker from Adam Beck? Uh, hopeful is more the right word. Excited. Um, I am excited about new markets possibly opening up. Opening up. Like which if, ones in particular? Um, just other markets in Asia. Uh, like I heard Japan's that, coming in 2020 or 2021. That's like going to be live. Yeah. Uh, official, I guess. I hope that happens because I like Japan. I like to go to Japan and whatever. That's yeah. I agree with that. Who was your favorite player to play heads up back in the day online? Uh, Tom Duan. Tom Duan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's uh, fair enough. There oh, you go. By the way, I should say that uh, Victor Blom had my number, so to speak, online for a while. I actually and. Uh, um, the Swedish players had like the Swedish factor against playing against me. I like that. They somehow would just like a couple Swedish players just would like get me to do stupid stuff because like some of the things they did were like a little bit silly themselves. And I would just like kind of kind of emotionally racked because their plays were just so tilting that I would like start <laughs> to do other s- stupid things back and try to like beat them in dumb ways. Uh, but uh, Bagstjorven had my number for heads up. Who? This guy, uh, Rob Flink that people probably haven't heard of him. He is a Swedish player. He crushed me uh, at heads up. He was actually, he was the one who beat me the, by, the most by far. Like, I don't think I lost 15 binds to anyone ever. And then he beat me by, by like 35 and I just gave up. I finally gave up. He was the first guy I gave up. Him and Victor, I gave up at certain points in time against. Is he still playing or no? Did he? Yeah, he's still playing. He's playing like uh, short deck and whatever. What's his name online or does he not have an alien? Uh, back then, what was it? Uh, Bags Hjorven, it means something like piece of shit in Swedish. Mm, interesting. Uh, Bags Hjorven 87, I believe. Okay, I don't remember that guy. Favorite snack at the poker table? What is my favorite snack? What fuels Jungle Man? What is your go-to? This could be an endorsement opportunity, guys. He's coming back. Social media's popping up. He's all over the place. Got Jungle, who do you like? Give us a oh. candy bar, a snack, a thing, a treat, an acai. What do you like? Uh, I have, speaking of which, um, you hungry? I'm feeling. I'm a little. Hungry. We're gonna order again. We. I was. I was eating like pistachio ice cream, which I was notorious for. Mm. Uh, but I ate. Decided to eat less ice cream over time. <laughs> decided to uh, go to the gym more and start drinking iced tea and things like that. All right. Who taught you the game? Who taught you poker? Self-taught, or is that fair to say? Is there anyone that kind of helped you a, a little bit? A lot of people helped me over time. A lot of friends and discussions. Uh, originally, for yeah, for no limit holding, it was mostly self-taught, uh, essentially. Or like I watched Cardrunner's videos or whatever. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, mostly holding. I was self-taught, but other, a bunch of people taught me all sorts of things for other games. Uh, it, it definitely and who taught myself uh, changed over time, depending on the situation or whatever. Okay, fair enough. How? Uh, 
how to deal with moving in tournaments. I don't know what you mean, moving like table changes. I, I mean, it actually does tilt me, but it's just part of the game. But I guess I don't know if that's what you mean. Deal with moving. I don't. I can't say. It looks like a foreigner here. I don't really know how you would interpret that. I don't know. What yeah, that I don't, means. it's exactly hard to. Know what that means. I'm gonna skip it. What's it like being the goat? What's it like being the greatest of all time at poker? Which is a fun thing, you know. What do you think? How would you answer that? Be called the goat. Is that does that when, like when you hear called the goat? You like that, right? Who doesn't like to be called a goat? Right. Yeah, it's a good thing. What is it like? Is it cool to have, hear people say that, or that you get that sometimes, or you regard it as one of the top top? Yeah, I, I get that. Uh, I don't know. It feels good, except uh, uh, one a different sort of problem happens where you don't get much action. and It's just harder to play games, mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, right. What? Do you want to give a shout out to your grandma who said you couldn't bluff? Do you want to tell your grandma? Do you want to send her a no. message or no? Do you want to? No, I don't want to rub it in. It's too much. <laughs> not, she's no, not no. watching this, but no, not rub it in. Just give her a little shout out. Like maybe she, you know, maybe she motivated you. Maybe that little extra nudge. She taught, said you couldn't bluff, and then you are pulling million dollar bluffs and big, big, crazy pots now. You know, it's it's got to be cool, man. That's got to be cool. But yeah, she grandma, grandma jungle probably is not going to catch this podcast. That's no, I safe don't to think say. so. Safe to say, she won't get it. But anyway, your grandma, she did tell you couldn't bluff at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, where'd you get your nickname, Jungle? We've talked about this a few times, guys, so that's already been answered. Uh, what's your longest poker session? Ooh, interesting that's, question. That actually is a good question. It's a great it's, question, uh, Gabriel. It's yeah. 72 hours. Is, wow. Uh, a live session uh, in Asia where the guy who plays doesn't like to sleep very much, and he likes to play very long hours, or, or the VIP, I should say. Um, and I think I, had, I got like one or two hours sleep in between. But otherwise, like a nap at the table, or like you went and laid down on the couch, or uh, like I think uh, I think I went up to my room and, and took a took like a couple naps because I thought we were going to play it for very long. Although on another session playing with this guy, I like couldn't stay awake, and he let me like sleep in the casino on the with a like my own bed on the chairs of uh, just like I would just make like a bed out of the chairs of the casino, like in okay. the same room. He let oh me sleep God. for one hour. And he didn't sleep either? No, he didn't sleep. He thought it was funny, I guess. <laughs> That's hilarious. That I was funny. like, I was trying my best to fall, to stay awake, but I just like couldn't do it. You couldn't fill Lockett for like 116 hours or whatever? You know he did that? You remember that? No, I didn't Blasio. know he did that much. That's Oh yeah, Phil Lockett, World Google, World Record. He, he had the world record. It was like literally five days almost. What's 72, 96... Four, yeah, it was like 112 or 116 hours awake. Plane, had to book a winning session. It happened at the Bellagio. No drugs, no caffeine, no nothing. Oh, wow. I don't know. If I could, how the fuck did he do that? Yeah, he, you know, he said, Phil Locke actually told me. He'll be a podcast guest, guys. That's for sure. He, uh, he told me he actually had to stop because he wasn't tired. And he got, like, scared, you know? Like, at some point, like, if you just, like, like it's never been done right it's like you don't know that right it's like the unknown it's like if you just trigger into the oblivion and you just like never go to sleep you could die like they actually took down the guinness book of world records for this they someone stayed awake like 13 days or something and they had to like take it down because i think someone died or it's like got unsafe right because like right. You're, it's just like <laughs> you, you go crazy or something 40 you know so anyway but yeah mm-hmm. uh what are your favorite players to sit at the table with again this is sort of open and i guess you could take it as like favorite because you like to play with them or favorite because they're fun entertaining and just maybe they're good for the game or bring action who uh, you like to play with gus henson i guess gus is very entertaining to play with scott curtis ass okay fair enough uh, yeah yeah he's a lot of action too 
Great. B-Dog says, can't wait. Well, you're here. Does Dan play online at all or just live? Well, that's funny because he's the biggest online winner of all time. So I guess that answers that. Yeah. You play mostly, you said 85-15 maybe online to live. Oh, 85-15 cash games to tournaments. Oh, okay. Uh, online to live, I uh, these days, no. that's I might even play more live these days. Mm, okay. Uh, so it's closer to 50-50. I don't something like that these days because like poker stars is much worse these days to play on for high sticks like there's much better action in in uh, Bobby's room in Bellagio or uh, or like in some some games in the east mm-hmm. uh, in Asia uh, and some games on party poker but not too much okay seems like your play confuses a lot of top players at times what do you think about poker that what is it about poker that you see it as such a different way than the rest of the nosebleed section of players? So yeah, what separates you from the nosebleeds or what, what, what do you think some ways you look at the game differently than other players without mm. obviously giving like, you know, a, a trade secret per se, but like, what's like, what kind of, how do you look at it maybe in a different perspective? I think these days the ways that I look at it isn't that different from the top players. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of, we're mostly on the same page. I would say, uh, mm, yeah, I don't know. Like when you match up with like some of the other elite, elite, elite players, you bump heads in Bobby's room or other places or in a game and like, you know, someone's really good. Like on that given day, you're saying there's probably not too much that would separate you per se. You might be better at playing someone else one-on-one. Like you're, you're, you're better to exploit or be better playing somebody or maybe better in the game, but actually versus like one of Mono Mono with some other great player. It's like, may not be. Well, it's like, it's going to come down to some like fairly subtle differences in approach and like general strategy. Uh, I think that matters a bit. Sometimes other things matter to some extent. Like you're playing live, maybe live tells them matter a little bit or something like that. Uh, but it will generally, yeah, against top players, it's just going to matter. It's going to come down to like to like details of each game or whatever that you're playing in. Mm-hmm. It's not like some one thing. Uh, with the top players, with players that aren't the top, it can. I would be able to answer this question uh, a bit more, but uh, not so much at the top players. Okay, can you explain how to play the reverse flip in Bellagio's Bobby's room? The reverse flip is where everyone puts in some money, uh, and one person pays everyone. Uh, mm. uh, it's yeah, pretty it's, sick. So everyone, let's, let's say everyone puts in a thousand. Or what, 10,000? Well, we were doing five or 10,000. All right, so say 10,000 a man. There's 10, just say 10 people, make it easy. 100 grand's in the middle. Yeah. One guy's going to pay someone. So the reverse flip, if you win, if you get high card ace of spades or however you do it, the guy who wins actually pays everyone the 10K. Yeah. So you're losing the 100. Yeah. We didn't actually do 10K for some 5K. reason. We 5K. Did, we, we didn't do 10K if there were, if there were like eight people, we didn't do 10K. Uh, at least not that I was aware of. So basically, you win, you lose. You hit, you, you, you're the one, you win the flip, you actually pay. Yes. And only one person pays and everyone gets it. Yeah. So it's like extra tilt, but at most people win. That's actually a fascinating way of doing it. How did you run in those? Did you ever get, did you ever lose or no? Of course, yeah, of course. We played enough that we, that I lost some, But it's not like that big of a deal for 5K in that game. Because in that game, uh, I, I thought they played it too small. But in that game, uh, like it was, it was not unusual to uh, like you could lose like 150k in one pot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like so, it was like losing like a third of a pot or something. You're losing 450k. Yeah. Okay, interesting though. Uh, but uh, it's a funny idea. I like the idea. 
someone's asking about why you folded here. I, I don't, I'm not going to pull up the clip per se, but the King of the Hill versus Helmuth. Oh, this is that one where he came back and then he won or something. Yeah, and then yeah, that's what it was. So there's a big old fold or something. Me. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know the end of it. I mean, I can answer the question. Just, right. I don't even know. It's probably one of those tilting folds of all time. I think I actually remember it. I don't remember it. I just remember it being like insane hand, like a big fold and Helmuth made like some crazy bluff, right? Or something. It was actually a good bluff for him. And it was going to, it was to end the match, I right? Mean, I thought, I think his bluff was clearly plus EV against me on that river. Um, you would have ended right. You would have won the whole uh, thing. I, th I think I, knew, I the whole. You know what? I think I know why he did it too. Is the really tilting thing? Yeah, I would have won the whole thing if the river wasn't hard. I was calling, uh, and I just thought like on that river he has no bluffs. That's basically what I thought. Uh, even when I was doing the thing on the turn, even when I was betting, I thought he might raise me for a certain reason, uh, and I just like totally ignored that reason for some reason. Just because usually it's not a reason that people rate do things for, but I'm pretty sure that's why. It's pretty happened. pretty amazing. Helmuth had like a massive under lead, or was either versus Polk as well, or maybe you both of you, or at least to you, where he was like a massive underdog. I actually remember pulling it up briefly and seeing he was like ten to one or twelve to one or something, right? Crazy. Yeah. Like he had a huge deficit. It was basically, and he's arguably you and Dog are probably two of the better heads up players in the world. And Helmuth, you would two imagine of the better ones. Yes. Yeah, and Helmuth, like Helmuth's odds of winning that four man <laughs> thing is probably pretty low. Even though Helmuth's obviously very one of the most successful tournament players of all time, great player in his own right. But like playing versus you guys, you have to think you have a pretty significant edge. Probably. Yeah. Well, yeah, and also when you're playing like a heads-up shootout, like many of the aspects of tournament play don't even come in. They, like they, they don't really apply. Yeah. It's just basically a cash game. He's just playing cash games with the best fucking heads-up players. Um, right. So, yeah, that's that's got to be even more just kind of like a frustrating thing too because you know he gets so and almost saw how much not even you to lose but like how much joy Phil is going to get out of this like the comeback and the story and the tell like you know it's part of that so I, I, there wasn't as much gloating as I thought uh, right which is yeah uh, do you think this way Scott see react to your mistakes at the party of Premier League I was in that Premier League 7 I think that's what it must be what we're talking about it was fair do you still get a chuckle when you think of him folding the 8s on the flop and missing turning a set after your check out of turn prompted and turning a bet I vaguely remember this I don't remember the specifics of it but I do remember Seaver got pretty emotional <laughs> do, you, do you remember this too he like accused me of cheating or something he said it's like cheating or something Seaver's very what, at the table Table Seaver's way of delivering, he like really goes for blood. Like he really like tries to like spark people. I've seen him do it. I Seaver's funny to me. You know, he's in our Burning Man camp, and I know Scott. You know, whatever, fairly well, but not one of my core friends. Like I know Scott, but like, do you remember that? Like, what do you think on this? Like, how do you feel about? Because you battle Seaver in mixed game and high stakes, and you yeah. play with him a lot. You know Scott well. Yeah. Do you have any words on Seaver in this uh, particular case, or just in general his antics? His antics in general is he has some uh, his antics are entertaining, although I constantly uh, more so in the past wavered in between like trying to fuck back with him, except I realized that if I did that, I would uh, end up going to war with him because he'd just fuck back with me. Right. That would definitely be his response mm -hmm. or trying to basically do things and like neutralize him and just basically make peace with him so that he like stops doing that right he's obviously so intelligent too like you know he's one of those guys who can really try to like fuck with you and like he'd be better at fucking with me i think he would be better than fucking with me than uh the, than you would except i can see that he is actually quite vulnerable to it himself especially when he's losing he's like totally ridiculous compared to like whatever 
Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, that, but uh, yeah. Well, this, that's interesting. I just that's funny because I was in that Premier League as well. I remember that. That was that was actually a lot of fun. That Premier League seven in Montreal at Playground Poker. Uh, have you ever had moments in your life decide you would never play poker again? If you had such moments, what was the motive for you to play poker again? So was there ever a time where you said, you know what, I'm good. I'm not going to do it. Maybe I, with around 2015 when you were down swinging or things weren't going well, did that ever cross your mind, or was it even just like, no, I'm going to fix this? Or you love poker? Did you ever think you were going to stop playing or? You might maybe a little bit. I would like to do something, uh, something a little bit bigger than poker. But um, at some point, um, just for, it's it's a matter of how much I want to pursue, like uh, ambitions or whatever, or like do something with my life or something, compared to how much I do I want to relax. Uh, just it's more whether I quit poker would be based off of that. But I, I, I like poker generally, so yeah. Mm, I don't think I'd quit anytime soon. Yeah, you might all maybe just play a little less and do some other stuff too, but still always yeah. keep it in your life. Fair enough. Uh, what are your three most valuable tips to crush online MTTs? Felix Van Tatish asks. I mean, I guess you don't play probably too much tournaments, but you say once in a while you dabble or you'll fire a schedule here and there online. Like it's fun. You like tournaments sometimes, right? Maybe it's good for a little balance or to switch it up or do it. You know, if there's some big prize pools during a power fest or some series online, yeah. Um, any tips out there? It's like a quick to crush. I mean, I don't know. If, like, is there any tips that maybe you think that you can mm. give to someone that less tables, be more focused? Um, timing tells. Do you have any cool timing tells for either online, live, or MTTs that someone uh, could think of? No, not really. I think one thing that would matter a lot is just focus on ICM uh, because I know that people uh, do not use ICM or they, they don't apply ICM properly in tournaments at all. There's a lot of potential in that, I think. And that's like not so easy. Uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is okay. learn that. Well, great. What do you think of VR virtual reality poker? Have you tried any of these VR pokers or any of it? Is there VR poker? Yeah, they have some stuff out there. It's kind of cool, but like, it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting. If you haven't tried it, I guess, you wouldn't really know, but there's uh do you think, what do you think about the future of VR? Do you think that could be a thing with poker? I think, uh, I think VR definitely is a future at some point. At some point there'll be, uh, for sure, virtual reality games. Um, I don't know if VR poker has much of a future. Why would, uh, why would you play VR poker? You could sit and play like you and I, we can instead of this beautiful table here playing heads up versus each other. I could, we could be doing that, but you could be in Hong Kong. I could here, but we could actually be playing each other holding you know chips throwing chips doing a thing talking to each other but like actually like we're here together so mm -hmm. i've seen it actually work where it's pretty impressive uh but I have to see it yeah uh, it's it's, it's like still it's a lot because like, yeah it's like one of those things that it has to be adoption everyone has to have it it's it's complicated it's still like you're putting a thing over your head it's kind of weird you know yeah it's a, it's a bit of a process but yeah i don't know i uh I don't know about, I don't know what kind of future that has actually, because I don't know. I just think if you want to play live, you're going to play live, right? Like that would be virtual reality is not going to make up for that. And then if you want to play online, you're going to play online because of the person yeah. playing online. It's kind of caught in no man's land. It's like kind of like in the middle of both things. Yeah. Uh, question here. Something about a spot looks too, sorry. It's a bit complex in a, I don't have, we're not going to do that. Question for the other side. Dan, can you tell us more about your private life? More, if it's not a secret, where do you live right now? Do you have a wife, kids, maybe, et cetera, et cetera. We got a sizzling woman coming in, asking some questions. So I don't know. Again, I, I'm not, I don't like, you know, 
It's up to you. Do you. Is there anything you can share on that? Like, are you in terms of living? Are you traveling a lot? Or are you in one spot? Mostly, I know you live in Vegas. I uh, guess, but my ba- my address is in my address is in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am traveling all the time, though. I'm there like three months out of the year, and I uh, am traveling between Asia. I, I, I'm in Asia a lot for poker. Uh, like in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, uh, I like Japan. I would like to go to Japan more. Um, I'm quite a bit in Europe too lately. Uh, I'm in an open relationship with my uh, girlfriend for like six or seven years, uh, six and a half years, I believe. And uh, yeah, I'm like constantly on the move and still like exploring places and whatever. Right. Still doing some living and and uh, going on some adventures and stuff. Awesome. You're 29, man. To do it, do that for sure. All right. I'm just going to, so first of all, this is a record long podcast. We have got some unbelievable questions and stuff. Dan, I know you got a lot to do today. Um, I do want to, I don't, you know, we can always do this multiple times, right? This is a Dan. I think that's safe to say Dan is a fan favorite. Easily. We could do multiple podcasts. So that would be fun. I don't want to, you know, we need to do some crazy. We don't need to go for the world record podcast. So we've had a nice stand here. Let's take a couple more questions and I'll let you get going on your day. And then uh, we could always come back for more oh, sure. podcasts. So do you have anything? Yeah, we should. Uh... We'll wrap it up here. Let's do maybe one more. Um, someone's asking if you're, <laughs> if you, when you lost your, virginity that's uh when does dan like most about playing what game you prefer playing most in poker let's leave it on that that's a good question so what's your favorite game to play in poker what's your what's your go-to like not take away maybe it's the most profitable or the most popular what's like personally you're like oh this is fun i want to play this game i'm looking forward to this playing uh full deck null and hold i think i still think null and hold is the one of my favorites it's one of my best games and I think it's the game that's uh, that has no skill in it. So, uh, yeah, I prefer to focus more on the skill side. Uh, maybe some people like the gambling side more, but yeah, that's just me. All right, and eight game, obviously, love eight game, right? You play the eight oh, game well, and yeah, if you call like eight game something, uh, I th- I like playing eight game a lot. It's just games constantly changing, and um, it's always it's never boring. Eight game's always always fun. It's one of the playing eight game live is one of the more fun things and it's more shorthanded um yeah so yeah if I had to pick between those two I prefer like I prefer mixed games let's put it that way Mm -hmm. mixed games are a lot of fun okay and where are people going to see you? So give us, a, as we close out here, uh, coming up here 2019, we're coming up into April today is actually the 1st of April where will they find you? They can get you on Twitter I'm going to go through this quickly where they can find you they can find you on Instagram Looks like you've been kicking up your Instagram game, getting some cool posts, and you put some stories I've been, up. I've been putting up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're open, he's, he's opening up. You got the Twitter on here. Look at that. You gave us the retweet yesterday uh, for that. We got his Hen and Mob, over $6 million in um, tournament earnings, which not even a tournament player because he doesn't play a lot. But when he does, it's usually big and, and fast and nice. Some nice scores there. Uh, oh, we got the three thing. We got to do this, Dan. So we, that's, that's, we're going to close out. But tell us, tell us while I load up this retweet giveaway, guys. This is going to be a spot, a chance for you to win three 109 tickets. We're going to do this very quickly, and we're going to close it down because Dan's got to run. Um, but this is the tweet. So this is how it works, Dan. This is if you were ever to start streaming, 
Because you said there's a possibility for Twitch. That's yeah. a po- that's on the horizon. I think we got enough people that want to do it. We're going to do this. Guys, give you a second to retweet still, even though closing up, this will be up on my podcast channel on YouTube. Uh, oh, and the range converter, quickly, this is stuff we're not going to dive into, but a little bit more Munker, deeper solvers. If you go to my website, Jeff Gross Poker, you can see the stuff I use, Razor Edge, range converter. These are different type of things. Some of the stuff you can check out uh, on there as well. But So we just copied that. We're going to go here. And we're going to paste this. So, Dan, tell me when. This is for a 109 ticket on Party Poker. There is a Party Poker Power Fest tournament going on, Dan. Two weeks, big guarantees, big prize pools. Um, we're going to give away three 109 tickets for this right now. So, tell me when. This will be the first one. Hmm? Tell me when. I'm going to draw. Someone's going to win a 109 tweet on your finger. Oh, oh when? Boom. So, there's one. Lucas Geo. I know we answered his question as well. Look at that. Lucas. Uh... That's one, Dan. Let's just rapid fire these because I know you got to get going. Tell me when. Uh, when? Oh, boom. This is number two. Maxi Armenio going to win one. He's got, look at that, just right up top. There it is. Dan Jungleman Cates, the biggest online poker winner ever. Uh, and one more, Dan. We're going to do one more. Three people on Dan's watch are going to win a 109 ticket. That's what? 327 in value on the flow show, on the podcast. Tell me when, Dan. When? Just like that. There's no waiting. Sizzling women. She was curious about what's going on with the jungle. And uh, jungle. Going to go ahead. Look at energy, man. She was one of the questions asked. One of the more... Uh, party poker. Party Poker and Jungle Man making things happen. Sizzling women. Go ahead, Dan. Just giving out to the people. Good for you. That is a bink for that. And I think that's going to basically wrap it up. We've just been knocking out some podcasts. Dan, is it safe to say that can we, would you be a future guest on the Flow Show? Did you enjoy yourself on the podcast today? Yeah, uh, I would like to flow more on the flow show. You'd like to flow more on the flow show. I love to hear that. We, I know everyone at home would love it. It's been a treat. Dan really did answer pretty much all the questions, guys. I know Instagram, we have a bunch as well. Apologies if we didn't get there, some of those. But uh, Dan has been a very gracious person for the podcast. Say he was on time before 10 a.m. We did start a little late. I got I to gotta get the I'm, – I'm a little rusty on my podcast game. I'm just getting into it. This is early in my podcast career. I got to hear earlier everything set up, ready to go. Dan was here before 10. We had, we did order some food. We did get a couple things situated, but Dan's very punctual, and uh, and, and I and I love that. That was great. This is a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, the biggest takeaway from today, party poker, going to try to get a dirt. Maybe we should just have the table up. Maybe we should just make the dirt party poker room available and like you know it's like it's one step closer if there's like an official place to to have it maybe that that could be something good to have where it's like available and ready only you guys could log in only you could play and maybe it's just sitting there and you never know yeah well again i'm happy and waiting for dirt to do something along those lines but uh, okay yes actually yeah Okay, fair enough. We'll leave it at that. This is, again, we're not trying to stir the pot too much. We're having fun. This is great. Really educational. Uh, pleasure, Dan. Thank you for coming here. You flew from Vegas to Miami. I mean, not only for the podcast, but you did want to come down here, check it out, hang out, have a good time, and uh, hopefully we'll see you more in Miami. And, and thank you for coming, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch, and we'll be talking, and we'll, we'll uh, hopefully do this again very soon, if not live online, maybe couple months down the road we'll, we'll check in and, and see where you're at and what you're up to in 2019 so thank you for your time and uh it's been a pleasure daniel jungle man kates everybody thanks for being here we'll see you soon
Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.